I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Wait, are you gaming? On a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Profiteering mega corporations provide protection and jobs to anyone who abides by their policies. Hello and welcome back to Core. This is Core talking about video games and the games we're playing and the industry at large. I'm Scott Johnson with Bush Schwartz and John Jagger. Today we got to start with a little bit of a clip, okay? John, this is for you. Okay. Um, I don't even know why I'm doing this. My wife last night, we're sitting on the couch, kind of, you know, cooling down for the night. We're like, yeah, we're done. Dogs are fed. They're chilling now. We're going to just chill. And she's watching Gilmore Girls because she likes that show, and she's seen it like eight times over. Whatever. That's not a problem, and it's nothing to do with this story. <clears throat> but meanwhile, I'm over in the other corner. I'm kind of just flicking through videos, checking my feeds, watching a little TikTok here and there. Somebody made a TikTok video that featured me talking, but altered the sound of my voice. And I play it, uh-huh. and I'm kind of giggling, and Kim goes, is that John? That's what she says. And I go, no. She goes, you think that's John? She goes, yeah, play it again. And I'm, she's not looking at it, so she doesn't know it's me. I hit play again. She hears it again. She's like, oh my gosh, I, sw- I would have sworn that was John Jagger. So I'm going to play it for you now, and you tell me if you think you sound like this. Okay. And and Bo as well, because Bo, you know. You're I'll deep. know, because if it makes me feel uncomfortable, then it sounds like my voice. <laughs> so here it is. They they altered my voice, and she thinks I sounded like John. So here you go. There is a new one called, uh, uh, oh, well, I mean, not even me new. What's it called? Shoot. What do you call it when somebody eats only meat? Carnivore diet. Carnivore diet. All right. <laughs> 
sounds like if I had a baby with uh, what's his name? H. John Benjamin. <laughs> sounds like if we had a baby together, that's what it would sound like. Okay. All right. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't mistake that for John. I wouldn't think so either. She kept, but she was like insistent. And it's me like, adjacent. It's like it's like if you took the things I don't like about my voice and turned it up a couple degrees. That's what, that's what it sounds yeah, like. it's really uh, weird. Isn't everyone's voice like that? If it was only shaped in the way that it was necessary for this, then it would sound like that. Yeah, that's a fair know. point. I think there's, that was... Yeah, uh, but there's a, bit of, there's a bit of me in there. Scott, yeah, there's a bit of me. A little bit of your voice. Yeah. A little bit. Tiny yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, Shojo beat, I believe, in our chat and uh, in our uh, community is the one that put that up there. So thank you uh, for doing that. Well, thank you for that. Uh, we're going to get to the big news of this week, and we're going to do it now. It's a big week for PlayStation. It's actually kind of a quiet week for almost everything else, but uh, we got some things today. And the ma- the major thing that happened this week was PlayStation made something official. And then also we found out some sort of sad news about uh, ongoing projects over there. We'll get to that in a second. But Sony announced the PlayStation VR. We have a price. We have a pre-order date. We have release dates. It comes with a free code to that Horizon Mountain thing. I forgot the full name of that. Horizon Forbidden Mountain. What is it? Uh, uh, Let's see. I'm going to find it. This is going to be great. I promise. Where is it? It'll be worth the wait. Horizon Fios. Horizon... Damn it. Uh, Horizon Damn It is it. Something is the about the mountain? Isn't yeah, it something about something, a mountain? It is a mountain in there. Uh, Horizon. To the mountain. Climb, climb that mountain. Climb that mountain. Up running, up that, running up that mountain. Running up that hill. Uh, yep. I can't find it. Anyway, whatever that thing's called, uh, <laughs> you, get a, you get a voucher when you buy the thing, and it uh, is part of it. Um, if you haven't been following the the release of this thing or the the drip feed news on it, the one thing we were missing for the longest time was like, what's this thing going to cost? Well, we now know it's going to be five hundred forty nine dollars ninety nine cents, which uh, also comes out February twenty second. Um, it's officially that is more, unless Sony has plans for raising the PS five price even more. But the uh, the PlayStation five currently costs less than this headset does. Uh, which means you're, you know, putting yourself at around twelve hundred bucks to buy uh, both or to add this to your to your PS5. Um, and the other th- thing of note is it does not uh, allow for any play of any other games that you have with your PlayStation VR one. None of those games are compatible. Uh, so this is one hundred percent like, hey, sorry, you got to start fresh, which is kind of a Sony thing. Uh, in this case, there's a bunch of new tech in this device, which makes it rad, but also probably forced this problem of this isn't going to work with your old games. Um, not there are a bunch of people that aren't happy about that, but then, you know, again, Sony's reputation for, for, uh, backwards compatibility is a little sketchy anyway, but, um, Bo is our resident VR, uh, uh, evangelist. I'll call you. All right. Uh, how do you feel about this? Price point seems a little high. Seems, uh, you know, seems up there. I think it's still inexpensive from a VR. You know, if you splay out all the headsets in the range, it's still one of the cheaper ones, I think. Yeah. For why, you know, it just depends on how you value it. It is a niche product. Not everyone's going <clears> to, <throat> I don't know, rush out and pick it up. I mean, it depends. Sometimes stuff like this 
can finally interest a more average consumer. Like, oh, PlayStation's releasing it. It'll just work on my PlayStation. Now mm-hmm. I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to finagle with the Steam and Oculus store and hooking it up to my PC. And if you haven't tried the Quest, you could be forgiven for not quite understanding how easy it is to just buy shit on the Quest and use it. Like, it's a console. Right. Um, so I could see this being appealing. Um, I don't know how many quests get sold over in uh, Eastern markets as well. So this may have a dominance in certain zones as a, as the um, cheap headset option for people in Japan and sure. And you know, Asia. Um, so I don't know. And I think, uh, you know, one thing we do say about PlayStation, even though we don't often have a lot of compliments for them is their first party flagship games are really good. And in VR, that's a huge selling point one of the things i lament often is how these vr games are reviewed great but it's because like it's one of few experiences people have so of course everything feels novel yeah but after playing alex i see a lot of criticisms along other games i'm like you know even just as small as an alex i can just turn the door handle push the door out with one hand and then put my gun out i have this like huge I'm doing a lot as if it was in real life. And then other games, it's like I'm playing Walking Dead right now. And I have to actually put my hand on the handle, turn, and open it all. You know, like I can't do – I'm like, this is easy. Why I can do it, Alex. Why can't I do it here? Well, you don't program it. It doesn't happen. Yeah. So I'm actually kind of thinking the PlayStation may win on its software because they're developing, you know, games to support the headset, which that's what – that's literally what Alex did for – for their headset, it's not only a showcase, but it's to have an awesome piece of software that sets the bar mm-hmm. along with the headset. So if PlayStation accomplishes that, this actually might be a really preem piece of uh, hardware, actually. Could be. Yeah. Um, the mo- By the it's way... It's not the, that expensive compared to other ones. The Horizon game we were trying to mention is uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain. Uh, so there's that correction. Here are the other games that you could probably... Get excited about, I suppose. These are the 11 that will be there on launch in February. Uh, the Dark Pictures Switchback VR. So it's those Dark Pictures people making the horror games. Uh, cool. Switchback VR, whatever that is. Cities VR Enhanced. Don't know what that is. Probably a city builder or something. Uh, Crossfire Sierra Squad. The Light Brigade. Cosmonious High. <laughs> uh, Cosmonious High? Okay. Sounds like an anime with a bunch of kids. I could be wrong. I don't know. And I don't know why this guy's talking like this. Give me your Oh, I think I've seen that. I don't think I don't think that's an exclusive one. I know what that is. I, I think oh, you've that, heard of that. Yeah, okay. it's on Steam. Yeah, for here's, sure. Here's some others that we knew that have been in other stuff too. Like Hello Neighbor, uh, Search and Rescue is a thing that's coming to all VR platforms. Jurassic World Aftermath, same. Pistol Whip VR. Pistol Whip's already on uh Quest two and so on. So that's a thing. You know, there was an era there was an era in um cell phones you know when they were first launching where a lot of people like to shit on it like what are you gonna sell phone for is pay phones everywhere just giving them money i mean now i can't find a person that doesn't have cell phone yeah you know uh so i'm that's why i just don't sit on the bench of like uh the stuff's expensive the stuff is duh you know whatever it's like this stuff is coming there's way too many first party people behind this there's a lot of moment you know we just not quite there. You know, remember there was a time when cell phones were just black and white pixels, right? Like mm-hmm. you just had these black and white LED screens, you know, 
Yeah. Now I'm playing Marvel Snap on it. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, I'm almost preferring the phone experience to playing it. The, the larger scheme of things, like it wasn't even that long ago, even that that, yeah. that was the case. So, no, I, I agree with you on that front. My my thing is more. Can Sony like. All right. Two things here. When they the PlayStation VR one was a successful effort by them. They did well with it. It didn't sell one-to-one with every console, but it did higher than most accessories. Accessories, you know, famously, they never quite reach the the volume that the, the device sells for, or uh, sells uh, numbers of. So let's say there are 50 million PlayStation 2s sold. Uh, you might have found, you know, 5% of those uh, went further and bought, like, the internet kit for it or the external hard drive or whatever accessories are available that's just kind of rare to sell very many of them because they just don't think like PC people. They just... That's not normal for consoles. Um, PS, PSVR 1 kind of broke that mold and did really well. It wasn't one-to-one, but they sold a lot of those devices, and it was general, generally, for the most part, well-regarded with some caveats and issues, uh, mostly to do with control and some tracking stuff and wires and stuff. Um, I think the problem, though, is now we're already talking about a new generation of consoles and a PlayStation 5 that's already still hard to get. And I'll, now this device being more money than the current console and no backwards compatibility, which means you're kind of starting over. There's no ecosystem to build on top of. So I just worry about their chances of selling enough of these to make VR a spearheaded thing for them, like that they're really serious about. Yeah, I would say for me, um, I think that unless this is your niche, it, this is a silly purchase to make. Mm. Um, this this is a little ridiculous to me because um, I think that the price is high, which is fine if you're going to get into VR. You know, the, it's an expensive thing to buy into uh, across the board. But um, I think whether or not it was for technical reasons and by all accounts it was not being backwards compatible sends a message that okay these are your games for the lifetime of the ps5 for however long that is and it's a gamble as to whether psvr2 will be compatible with whatever comes next yeah whether you're going to have to start this process all over again and that is a huge huge buy-in for a lot of people for to be a beta tester for a technology. Yeah. And I, I think that what made PSVR original so, so good was it was priced at a point where you could tell people like, yeah, tr- get it and try it. Like, yeah, it's, it's a little bit pricey, but like, if you're curious, it was worth getting in on. This is now at a price where it's, it's kind of saying like, no, we're a headset, just like those other headsets. We're a headset. We're, we're here to, we're here to be serious. But those other headsets, I think they have longevity. Now, eventually the technology could scale and go beyond the scope of what they are. Maybe there does become a point where there's a lack of backwards compatibility or something. But in a PC market, I feel like that tail is longer. You get more support on a PC side. Whereas with PlayStation, I feel like, you know, maybe you get the life cycle of the system and hopefully you get more than that. Well, also the, 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 the way that the current meta models and, and vibes and other stuff that exists out there, they, 
they're a little bit multi, they're a little more multi-purpose. You can take that thing on a road trip if you want. You can take it anywhere and that thing's going to work. It has its own ecosystem, but also you can plop down in front of your PC and tether that thing with a USB-C cable and bam, now you have access to this giant Steam library or the PC version of the Oculus library or whatever else that gets thrown at you. You just have more use cases, whereas this PlayStation device is 100% nothing without it being plugged into a PlayStation 5. It doesn't exist without it. And there's no other way to use it. Um, someone will probably hack a way to have it tether on a PC and you'll have to jump through some hoops to do yeah, that. Yeah, but then you have to ask yourself, is that something you want to get into too? And I don't know, maybe if you're the kind of person that wants to get in on the beta version of technology, like maybe that's not a big deal or a big ask for you. But I, I think the strength of PlayStation doing VR is that that does have a reach into the consumer market. I have a friend that is not a big gamer he he plays very very casually he doesn't have to have the new shiny like that's not his mentality he's pretty happy with what he has uh, across the board he has a playstation vr he has it because it was at a price point it meshed with the system really well there was a logic to it and he has one and he is not the kind of person to go out and get it i guarantee you well, first of all, he doesn't have a PS5, but this would never be a technology for him because it's not going to fall in that same like consumer level. It's going to fall, again, into more of that niche that VR in general is at this stage. At this stage, yeah. yeah. So I, I just... I don't know. I don't I, I think it's good that they're trying to move the technology forward. You know, that's what everybody's kind of trying to do. But I do think that the decisions they've made around this are not the most consumer friendly decisions. And I can see it scaring a lot of people off. Like my my parents are looking to buy um, VR. And I, I told them to wait because I was curious what Meta was going to be doing. And I knew we were going to find out more information about the PSVR 2. They have the PlayStation 5 that I'm going to steal at some point. Like all these things are true. So I was kind of like keeping an eye out for it. I'm not going to recommend the PSVR 2 to them. Like, no, absolutely not. I'm going to probably recommend something else now that I've seen what this is. And I think a lot of people are going to make that decision too. Whereas before, before I knew this information, that's probably the way I would have leaned because it goes with the console they already have. And, right. you know, PSVR was so consumer friendly that it felt like a logical step. This feels like a step back from that yeah 299 bucks might have been a slam dunk and i know that they would lose massive money on that i'm not saying they should or you know they got to do whatever they got to do but if this thing was 300 bucks i think they would have been i'd have a very different tone about it i think that would have been a really great price um i think almost 600 is is pushing it and that's like what close to 800 in canadian don't forget those canadian dollars bo you guys and your inflated weird currency oh yeah yeah i mean yeah, it'll be a lot more Canadian. Yeah. I mean, the Quest is better. I mean, one thing we underestimate, too, is kids. I know when I play Quest-only version of VR chat, it's all kids. Oh, yeah. All kids. It might not be our kids. We might not have any sense of what's going on, but I'm telling you, I get into VR chat, and there's 80 people, or not 80, but 40 people in a room, and it's all, hey, guys, go go uh you're lame you know <laughs> or much worse than that like go after yourself yeah what's going on why you look so ugly like you know just like you go into these rooms and i'm like it's all kids and i'm like you know the people if i were just a judge based on people i know no one's giving their kids headsets but you go in there and you're like well there's certainly a lot of kids getting headsets yeah 
So I'd almost recommend if you're worried about things like VR chat and horizon worlds and you sending your kids in there, it's probably better to get say the PlayStation VR headset because VR chat's probably not going to be on it. Yeah. Um, you know, so it might be at least a safer toy for your child. Sure. I saw late, I saw somebody in VR chat once above there, or maybe it wasn't VR. It was record the rec room one that a bunch of people like same yeah. kind of situation. It's all kids. And I go in there, and I hear this kid talking who's probably nine or 10, just t- seeing the most foul things I've ever heard come out of anyone's yeah. mouth, adult or not. But it, above their head, their name was like Virginia Wilson or something. <laughs> right, it's their mom's It's account. their mom. <laughs> yeah, their freaking mom's headset. And they're just freaking borrowing it and saying the worst things they can online. But uh, yeah. yeah, welcome so, to VR. The current state. And, you know, that's it's also another thing, too. It's just like the kid, like you would think, like I would think that stupid we exercise pad no one would buy it and people bought it so people i can see that. it going both ways you know just it's it's hard it's hard to predict but um i mean if you're gonna buy a headset buy a quest like 100 yeah i would right now too even yeah. the hundred dollars more than it costs now i'd still say John's, that's your best John's right about that it's just yeah. you know even for recommendations for his parents parents want to get into it spend less and get the real deal in the quest too over this might look better, but it will have reduced functionality in, in a lot of ways and be more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it feels like a bad, it feels like a bad bet on yeah. how future compatible it is. Yeah. Where, that's, that's know, a whole, quest, I think will remain relevant for longer. I agree. The quest, even the quest one is still more capable in the market it's in than, than PlayStation VR one is. I mean, the VR one is only good as, as you're firing up your PlayStation four and playing the stuff you bought on there. And that's as, far as you're going to go and i just don't think that's great value for the money uh I mean, good good luck to be fair anything new is not working on quest one anymore but well that's true it's, it's, yeah. there's a similar problem there but right you know. yeah and it'll it, it's more truncated than like an actual pc that's a much longer tail vr is too new and we're jumping through big changes per res you know uh, per iteration of each time a new model comes out so mm-hmm. that's to be expected and John, John alluded to that. I just think that <clears throat> I just think it's a it's also Sony first party needs to show me what they have up their sleeve right now. And to their credit, that up the mountain game, I already forgot the name <laughs> up the mountain, uh, whatever it is, the mountain, all, all, thing, the, mountain. all of the whole mountain um, is <laughs> all of the mountain. Yeah. Call of the mountain. There it is. All the mountain, all the mountains, all, all mountains everywhere. All yeah. All mountains. Matter anyway, the the mountains, <laughs> the mountain game. Apparently, by all accounts, by people who've just demoed the thing, say it's incredible that it's really, really good. So that's a good sign from the first party side of things. They own a lot of cool studios who could do a lot of cool work on there. So this all might be a moot point if they put out just drop dead. Oh my gosh, you can't get this anywhere else. Kind of experiences, and we'll of course visit that on the show when it's, we get there. Yeah, that's still a tough sell. Alex is an incredible experience, and it's still it's hard. It's you know a big barrier to get people to buy something that they don't know. It's not easy to try. You that know, one's you, the you standard. Go over to your friend's right? house, they say, "I'm play, playing Super Mario. Check it out." And you play it for five minutes. You're like, "I need a Nintendo now." Yeah. But like going over to someone's house these days is not as much of a thing as we all stay stuck in our houses with our, the stuff we already have. Yeah. And trying someone's headset feels a little personal, oddly enough, too. Um, so it's I think that's less likely. Well, it's, that thing is definitely a standard to compare your games to. We'll see what they end up doing. Other Sony news includes this. Before we move on, um, 
they did a their latest financial report shows that since they changed the, play, the PlayStation Plus thing and added the three tiered system and all of that, whose names I still don't remember. PlayStation Plus premium uh, neutral extra one of them's extra one of them extra makes me laugh really extra Mid- middle yeah. one's extra i think is middle one's extra i think and then- one of them is extra and i always find that funny uh essential one of those essential essential is the base right Here's then extra then premium or something i love, I love your work in star wars <laughs> <laughs> well anyway um in this latest report they showed they lost two million or almost that 1.9 million subscribers between july and september which is the period of time where that change happened um did they even report on how many they gained are they at negative two million <laughs> well negative two million people subscribing but they yeah, um no i know <laughs> what were they at <laughs> oh well yo good question does, like say, what does the article is say i'm sorry i guess i should look at the article let's see 47 yeah 47.3 million down to 40, really? 45.4 million. Yeah. That many people subbed? Oh, yeah. That's they've crazy. been crazy. Well, I no, mean, not I'm then. still subbed to it, and I'm not getting much use out of it at the moment. So, yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of legacy there. Yeah, these like, are lifetime subscribers. This article reminded me I need to. 40, I need 45 to million that seems, sub. seems decent. How much is it? Like, what's the lowest price point? 10 bucks? No, nine, uh, 15, 14, whatever it is. Oh, no, oh. you're right. 10 bucks for the basic. You're right. For essentials or whatever it is, you know, forty-five million. That's four hundred and fifty million dollars a month. Yeah, that's good revenue. Or the low end. So instead of getting four hundred seventy million a month, they're getting four hundred fifty million a month. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're. Well, they even said they said the press is making a little hay. Right. They they said they said in the report they're they're ten percent increase in total revenue, so they're still up on the year. They're they're fine even with those losses. Um. Anyway. No, I don't think it's making hay to do a revamp that's supposed to be an incentive to get more people to sub and then you lose numbers. No, the gaming press is making hay out of out of out of it, you know. Like, yeah, they're No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying you're not that's not a misleading thing. They did an initiative. Sony revamped their PlayStation Plus in an effort to incentivize more people to sign up and they had a net loss in numbers. That's Here, I have a theory about that. That's not a non-story. Let me tell you this, let me tell you my theory about that cuz I think well, first of all I agree I think it is a story. But secondly, I think the reason they actually had the net loss is a simple reason. <laughs> and this happens with anybody anybody out there who's had subscription, you know, you do anything with subscription revenue one of the things you hope is a ton of people sign up. A lot of them hopefully love the service and stay with it every day. But you also hope that some people just plain forget they have it. John's a good example. He has PlayStation. Plus, yeah, it just reminded me. It. I just canceled it because right now we don't have any of the Playstations hooked up. Exactly. I still have, still have two, what? but they're not hooked up. I shouldn't pay for them. Right. And so my like point half is... Half of all these subscription businesses, including our own, are based... Based on people forgetting about this. Oh, I think there's a lot of it. That's my whole point. And I think what happened is they made a giant push between those months to not only try to get new people who aren't signed up at all, but they're also pinging existing customers and saying, your stuff stays the same, but we encourage you to try extra or premium for these reasons. Or if you were already all in on whatever you've signed up for it previously, they might try to push you to premium. Whatever their thing was, they, they it had the effect of reminding 46 million people that they have this subscription and 1.9 million <laughs> yeah. of them said, Oh shit. I didn't know <laughs> yep, I still had I think that. You're right. I think you're right. I could be wrong, um, but I think I'm right too. And in that case, 
that's normal stuff. Like I did this once on TMS where I brought up a dude's name that has been subscribed to TMS's Patreon since 2014. And I was like, this guy, what a dyed-in-the-wool fan. Man, thanks for being there all this time. And he wrote me and said, oh, shit, I didn't know I was still doing that. I got to get off that credit card. Like, <laughs> like you remind people, then, they, then this will happen. So I think the more important n- numbers will come in the next quarter's earnings report. Well, get that ready, was the guys, last time all our, all, our patron, all our patron numbers are about to drop because we're talking <laughs> that, about subscriptions good, on the show. Yeah, good yeah. lesson. Let's not give credit to anyone who's been subbed for a long time. <laughs> well, in our case... <laughs> it doesn't like, let you get away with that. Every time they sub, they make a giant announcement, so it's hard to forget. But I think you were ta- you know, you're talking about legacy stuff. Like, like PlayStation Plus has been around since PlayStation 3. So Yeah, I mean, I've probably been subscribed to it for that long. Yeah. Like, uh, I've been subscribed to it for as long as you needed to be in order to do multiplayer on their platform because, you know, I, I had a PlayStation 3. I was PlayStation 4 was my main system and, you know, still going strong in our household for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, there's been a reason to be subbed to it. Um, I think this probably I mean, I think a lot of a lot of it is you're right, Scott. I think a lot of it did remind a lot of people that they were subbed to a thing and maybe cancel. I don't know if three tiers, three very weird tiers did them favors. The only favors um, it probably did them is in the end, they still made 10% revenue increase, which tells yeah. me that enough people jumped to three third tier to make up for the loss of the low tier. Possibly. Yeah, and I mean, hey, if it's making them money, it kind of doesn't matter, right? If yeah. you're still profitable you and you lost people, like, hey, you're still profitable. Like, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. The chat wants to know if Bo ran off to cancel a sub. <laughs> <laughs> it's co- coffee run. Coffee. I oh, forgot okay. before we started, I had coffee. Uh, no, it's all steam. good. It would have been funny, though, if you were like, oh, I got to find that that bill and tell him I can't. I had sub that anymore. as a calendar item. Like, every now and then, I'll in Google Calendar be like, uh, check, all, check Apple. Check mm-hmm. my credit card, check mm-hmm. PayPal. Like just I do an audit about once a month. And like even my like Disney account, I never I always cancel it and just resub manually. Like I, I'm pretty anal about my sub. Long time listeners will know because I gripe like an old man about them. Mm. But I'm you know, I just hate I hate if a month goes by, I gave a company ten bucks. For nothing. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> I like hate it. it. I don't if like it's it if it's a patron supporter, you know, the, uh, there have been times into the Nexus. I'm sorry, I didn't listen for a month. You took my money for patron support. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I like Kyle and Garrett. Doesn't matter if I listen. That's that's charity. Mm-hmm. You know, supporting p- independent creators is is borderline charity. It's not technically, but I know what you. But mean. you know, if uh, Peacock. Gets my money. I didn't watch Star Trek. You know, I'm I'm blazing mad. Like, they're not hurting. Yeah, especially because Star Trek's on Paramount. But I get your point. I get your point. Or whatever. It's on Crave for me. I was just trying to be relatable to our American listeners. <laughs> I like that Bo tried to regionalize it yeah, for us. No, I He's like, like it. Oh, man, they're not going to understand Crave. Failed on the first attempt. Nah, but, um, you could have fooled me. But, you know, yeah. it's... I don't like giving the major corpos free money because then they turn around and be like, we're so great. And they go to their stockholder, look how much money we made. And it's like half those people just have amnesia that they subbed probably, you know? Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. You got people all the way back to like, you know, 2006 who were like, whoa, I still have that sub? I haven't been paying attention. And you, by the way, are that's a great idea. People should put notices occasionally in their calendar or some sort of alarm just to say, hey, 
Go check your domain registrations. Do you really need all those dumb domains you bought? I do this all the time. Oh, yeah. I have four yeah. domains. I got <laughs> like, that. I don't know if I still own it, but I used to own ewoksblink.com and Ewoks, <laughs> ewoksdontblink.com. What? Wait, why? What? Why? <laughs> oh, this is so good. I don't even know what to say. What, why did you have that? Because remember when they did the special edition and they announced that Ewoks were going to blink now? They digitally made Ewoks blink. <laughs> I figured it you was gonna be. Squat I figured it was gonna be the next big culture war of Han shot first or uh, Han didn't shoot first. Honestly, all I wanted to do was just. I, I in my How mind, I had worth? a vision, which was one website, EwoksBlink.com, and it was just a GIF image of an Ewok, and it would blink. And then EwoksDon'tBlink.com, and it would be a JPEG image of the same Ewok, and he wouldn't blink. Wow. That was it. That was my dream. And I was too lazy to even make that. So, (laughs) but I did buy the domains. (laughs) I did that part. I don't think I own them. You don't own them now. You let them lapse. I don't think so. I don't, I doubt it. I have some, I have a really hard time getting rid of because I just, just just know one day I'm going to want them, but it's so dumb. Domain squatting is the worst freaking thing you never do to yourself. The the one I have the vanity one. I got boschwartz.com. Well, that's good. I had that domain. That. You should see the site on it. It's awful. It's got, it? But um, I had the dom- I had the domain, and then I got rid of it, and another Bo Schwartz took it. Uh, I was like, shit. And then it was up for grabs again. And I'm like, I'm taking it. I don't care. It's mine. I'm looking it up. What is it just your full name? B- I just put like my socials on there. And like I, for a while, I thought I was going to do a feed of content. And so it's just abandoned wear now at this point. But yeah. Let's take a look here. And just, when I just was a fun. kid, I had Cinnabar-Island.com. Cinnabar? It's just some it bad... A, I can't do yeah, websites. It was a it's Pokemon just, website. Uh, it was called Cinnabar? Sue me over. Yeah, it was an area in Pokemon. You could go to Cinnabar Island. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> you did have so dreams. I had, that. Yeah. I had NewRepublic.net for a while. Damn. Ooh. Look at you, yeah. dude. You you could have cornered the new new republic market. It, little did you know Star Wars is about to be a very expensive. <laughs> I was like, they're never gonna make more of these. This yeah. Can you imagine back? wiping yeah. StarWars.com before it was a dot com? That would be so crazy. Oh my gosh, yeah. how much money you'd make? It'd yeah. be stupid. I mean, I didn't keep any that are worth anything. I got a lot of frog pants alternates, but I've still got GURP.org. I thought I was going to do this big, cool thing about my Warcraft hunter and have his homepage and whole that story on there. It becomes a big thing in porn and you're, you'll be set. Yep. Whenever GURPing really gets taken off. Um, <laughs> and I have, this is another weird one I have called, let's see. Oh. I know I got rid of that. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I'm doing better with that is my point. And so that's what I do every year. Yeah, it's like, why do I own this? <laughs> yeah, every year I kind of reevaluate that. And I always drop one or two. And I've got maybe 10 now. It's still too many, but half of those are yeah. active. So it's not I that mean, bad. Just managing it. It's not even like it's, I mean, for me, I can kind of, I can afford it. Honestly, if I forget a few subs, I make a big deal about it. But sure, it's just the principle of the thing. It, burns my ass sure sure no i feel you um for the record uh it's worth noting anyway that microsoft stated recently that they are reaching what they see as the limits of game pass in terms of like you know explosive subscription growth so you know they're doing real good with their subscription game pass is kind of killing it but they have their own that's little what, ceiling that's even they're wish- saying like hey we're yeah doing, it's like don't get too excited shareholders yeah, but that's, where, that's where you wish that you you weren't so connected right because it's in the context. They're making like an absolute, it's a money host. They're oh, making big lots time. Of money. Like, so right? Like, money. Yeah. it's not enough for them. 
Right. But, you know, like, well, it is. Oh, for them. I think it is. Million subscribers. What a shit show. If they're <laughs> if know? they're if the revenue is true that they're pulling in somewhere close to a billion in just Game Pass revenue, I think they're pretty happy with that. But I think that they're just being realistic because you can't you know, you can't the shareholders need to think that stuff's infinite and will always grow. But I think the companies have to give them realistic expectations. And that's I think that's all they're doing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the we've been doing the software game for a while now. Look, that's all software. Yeah. I think we all also have a bad tendency to see what people's income is and immediately assume that that's their net gains. Yeah. We don't see what they're spending. Right. And we don't know what that is behind the scenes because it's very always. easy to yeah. look at a big company and go like, oh, they're making money hand over fist. But then you next thing you know, they're talking about bankruptcy and stuff like that. And you're like, well, how were that? How did that happen? Well, hopefully because or legally the, the, the public companies have to legally ex- uh, disclose expenditure and and gains. So usually what you'll hear is like. Twitter made fourteen billion dollars this year, but they but they had to say before it became private again this last week. Um, they have to say that's based on spending of you know two point five billion or whatever. They kind of have to right. do that. And I don't feel like if you're like Steam will never do that because Steam's not public; they're still private. So for all we know, Steam is swimming in money. For all we know, they're always on the edge. I doubt it, but. But they don't the have to tell largest us. Largest Pokemon collection, right? And I'm not trying to suggest Sony's at the at risk of going out of business, but I'm just saying, like, when you calculate it and you go, "Oh, look at how much money they're making on just subs to PlayStation," that's not just money in their pocket. Like that sub does facilitate costs on their end, right? Um, now, right. what percentage of that they just keep and can do other things with? You know, I don't know, but. Sure. Sure. It's very easy to look at that and go, "Oh, what an amazing amount of money they're making!" But that doesn't—that doesn't tell the entire truth. We still and we still don't know what that little tiny receiver Xbox box thing was behind Phil Schiller in his last video. He did. No, I want to know what that is. Yeah. I can't believe he didn't talk about it because he was so excited when he did the Series S. Yeah. To be like, it was in the background, and now everybody over-examines his backgrounds, mm-hmm. and they found that thing, and he still hasn't talked about it. He hasn't said anything, but my guess is that it's a Game Pass, it's probably a prototype and not ready for prime time, but a Game Pass device, think of it as like a Fire TV or a Google uh, uh, Chromecast or something, an Apple TV type device. Yeah, Yeah. that that would be too crazy, right? Do we need to explain what this is for people that don't know what we're talking about? I I haven't seen this image. It's just a little teeny, it looks like a small hard drive. It's a white little box that has an Xbox logo on it, black black logo on top of this white box. And it probably is a Game Pass device. It's a streaming device, if I had to guess. So it's to compete with all the Roku's and the Apple TV's and the, the, the everything's. Is my thing. Yeah. So Phil kind of did this to oh, himself because when he revealed the Series S, he was on a video and he revealed that it had been in the background of interviews he had been doing and nobody knew what it was because it was so tiny and it didn't look like a console. Yeah. So now everybody overanalyzes every interview he does. And in his one of his more recent ones, there was a little tiny device back behind him that people have now kind of glommed onto and gone, well, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. And, uh, is it, is it the picture I posted? I'm looking right now. I don't uh, think that's it. I don't think that's what I've seen. Uh, no, it's from February. This is from 2022. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, this is a whole thing. I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah. No, this is a thing. People people really overanalyze the backgrounds for for him. But yeah, so there there was a lot of speculation that Microsoft was going to announce oh, kind of what Scott's talking about a streaming device because it clearly doesn't you know it's not very big. Here's the um, image. Oh, there it is. Yeah, that's yeah, it. This is that's it. the one. Okay, Chad, I'll put this up and see it. It's a. Uh, for those listening at home, I'll describe it. It's behind him. He's got like a, a samurai sword. Below that, a elite controller, and then right next to it is this little flat, little receiver-looking box. I guarantee they're making. They may not ever come to market. I don't know, but I guarantee that's a, the very least a prototype of some sort of um, Game Pass slash streaming movie. You know, like you put all your apps on it because you got the logo, and that looks like a controller detector. You know, like yep. Uh, yeah, like I probably like would pair with also remotes. not an identifiable product otherwise on the market, right? Right, like, correct. Because he seems to have game stuff on here. So one way to rule this out is to say, well, what else could it be? Like he's got the Logitech Cloud handheld on the desk, yeah, um, which is not an Xbox product, but he was no, but they're backing it. One of those, yeah, they're backing that thing pretty, um, pretty hard. So that is a tiny ass little white box. Yeah, I really think that's yeah, what that's it is. Really a tease. I mean, when, uh, whether or not that makes it to market is one thing, but that's definitely. I will. That I think it's the there, Xbox it? logo, but that the Xbox logo in the corner just looks like a little worried face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the face that says, "Oh no, they saw me." That's the face it's making. <laughs> yep, that's what it is. I. Uh, it's not a great photo either, but I. I really do think they probably have something like that in the wings. And you know what? If they offered a, let's call it a hundred bucks. Because I feel Xbox like they want to come in low. Kinda. If it was a $99 set-top box that let me run HBO, Netflix, and all the other stuff I do and stream Game Pass games to it, I would get one of oh, those. Buy it in a heartbeat. You could take that anywhere. I'd put that in three. I'd get three of them and put them on every TV in this house is what I would do. Well, except the one that already has an Xbox attached to it. I'll just keep that there. But yeah. but this th- there is value in... Well, first of all, my old, I have an Apple TV that's getting old and it's time. it's time is near. I would replace it with this in a heartbeat because I can run everything I ran on that, including the Apple app for Apple TV plus shows. Um, and having the ability to just stream game, game pass on it. Duh. This yeah. is a no brainer. I mean, world's really easiest solved. land party put together, right? Everyone just yeah. get their little bot. Like, yeah, we could fly to Utah with it, and we could hang out for Nutacular and do bring it. our stream. It solve a lot of my Anybody. family's current Fortnite woes. <laughs> who's get Who's getting the Switch versus who's getting on Xboxes? Oh yeah, that's true. You guys have uh, when you, when the whole family wants to play, you got to start fighting over who gets to do what. Yeah, which is a good time. All right, I'll tell you what else is a good time. We're doing a brand new thing today, and it starts with this: a Patreon message of the day. Yep, well of the week, really. Let's call yeah. it. The, we'll call it the week. We're not going to be here every day. We're not doing shows every day. I know some of you would like that, but we have we have. Oh, well, sign up! Oh, be very. Like, I do it every we, day. We, we, we reach we, a we certain amount of money. Show. We'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> okay. we charge for show. I do it every day. All right, if all the patrons it. are on board. We'll like, do it it's every quit day. My job every day. Yeah, Four daily. It's happening. Yeah. Watch, watch for it. Um, maybe not. <laughs> anyway, here's what uh, we got. One from Ben Schlack, who wrote or Shalik Shalik. Does that look right? I think Shulk. I'm saying that right. Shalk? Shalk? Shalk. Shalk. It's like S-C-H-A-L-C-K. Yeah, John's got it. All right. Shulk. It's a cool name. Ben writes in, says, uh, he said this on Patreon. It's the only way you can submit these, by the way, for this segment. It says, finally playing Overwatch. 
I assume he means two, and it feels like another big missed opportunity by Blizzard to capitalize on wonderful characters and world building. Warcraft has been missing the boat on the anime series where there's currently a positive precedent with Arcane, but at least uh, an MMO allows for deeper world building in the game. Overwatch wastes all of their storytelling potential on an FPS. Yes, the shorts are great, but they are just that, shorts. And having just watched the Kiriko uh, short, it only stressed the... uh, stress the missed opportunities more for someone who could ever get into Overwatch due to its genre. Are there any examples of IPs that you feel had great potential with its characters slash world, but wasted it on the genre they chose? Or is it just, or just wasted it in general? Thanks for all the great content. Best part of Fridays is waking up to a three hour core episode having dropped Ben. Uh, well, thanks, Ben. That's awful nice of you. And thanks for being our first inaugural patron message of the week. Um, I think it's a great question. Personally, it's actually kind of hard for me to think of this because I feel like almost all of Blizzard's stuff. I was going to say, like, I like feel this. like he took the best answer because I feel like Blizzard is the king of, oh, my gosh, beloved IP properties you could do so much more with and don't. Yeah. Made a bad movie. Got was way too late to the to the animated series thing. We, we still don't know what's going on with that Diablo animated series. I assume they want to time it with four. I, I, maybe they're not even doing it now. I don't know. Like it's just that weird over there. Time to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. It, it was been a while. It's been a couple of years since we've heard that that was a thing, and we've had lots of Castlevania and lots of uh, Dota. Yeah, cartoons all of Arcane, movie. like uh, many yeah. game. Uh, There's Cyberpunk. a Cuphead TV show. Yeah, and it's good, by I, the way. Cuphead's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, it's and shockingly good. I, like that just makes you look at a lot of properties and go, man. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, like a lot of these things are, are really good. Like that. I know video game movies get, uh, get taken down a lot and, uh, deservedly. So most of them are bad. Uh, very few of them are even okay, but, uh, video game TV shows have been kind of killing it. Like arcane was awesome. Castlevania was awesome. Um, I know there were more than those two, but that's what Cyberpunk. I Cyberpunk Runners. Oh, Cyberpunk. Yep. Yeah, yep. Edge yeah. Runners was fantastic. Like yeah. there's other stuff too that my brain won't remember. Cuphead we mentioned. There was something else that was really well done. Uh if shit all can't remember it. The first Warhammer 40k, I mean, that's more of an animated short on TV show. Oh, Halo, I really liked. John and I disagree on this point, but I really liked Halo. I never watched it, so I oh. can't really go to oh, I thought, it. We oh. judge books by our covers here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, you know what? That's cover. a decent answer. Chat just kind of hit. Resident Evil show was met. Yeah, Resident Evil feels like a, a missed opportunity. Like, um, I feel like that is a property that has not reached its potential on film or beyond but the scope of just resident evil video video games. games are not batting any worse than regular like if you think about the ratio of good shows to terrible shows that's true you know i, I gotta say like recently i've been watching andor mm, so good and i thought mandalorian was good and then i watched andor and i was like oh, no andor's next level it's it, so it, good it, it's a different beast but like in terms of the writing I'm the most gripped by this. Like I want, you know, when you're like, I want to find out what happens. Mandalorian, you know, like oh, he's the Mandalorian. Things will work out. You know, it's just, it just feels like good guys will win, and that's been true. Andor's a whole other mm-hmm. can of heartbreak, and it's way. It's just, I guess, it's got to rely on that. It doesn't have 
spoilers, but it doesn't have a lot of the who's uh, guest star in this week and special effects bonanza costumes. Mm-hmm. So it, it actually has to rely on its writing a lot more just to even be interesting. And they've, they've done it. It's so good. I agree. I, somebody, I read a quote the other day that said that show in 2005, 2006 that they were working on, there was a Star Wars show in the works. I don't know if this is the one that Kevin Smith was writing or not, but it was around that era. And they, they had described it, the creators at the time described it as Deadwood in space. They were going for this gritty it's not all shiny and Jedi's, you know, just kind of a more grounded sort of storytelling. And then that got canceled. But somewhere here recently, one of those dudes who worked on that has said of Andor that they're making what we were trying to do. Like Andor Ooh. is, is the, is what we aimed for, which yeah. is pretty high praise. I think yeah. it's, I it's a little less it. Westerny and more like espionage, but still, yeah. I can't believe where they took it and how well, how just, it actually feels like something new in that, st- you know, where you're like, yeah, Star Wars, but they actually, I feel like they've shown me like these last few episodes, like a new milieu that's like terrifying. And of course that's what it's like, but it's yeah. been cute and cuddly and heroic rather than just like, uh, you know, you're a piece of shit under the empire. <laughs> like either you serve or die, like, or, you know, and no one care. And it's like, it's actually mean in the way you're like, oh, the empire's mean. They're bad. They're not just bad because they have red lasers. <laughs> you know, they're actually like, and they go, hey, I'm a fifth lord, man. <laughs> they're actually like, you know, legit, like just pieces of shit uh, people. Mm. And um, I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's good stuff. I John, thought, I thought of one as an answer to this question. Oh, go ahead. And maybe even bigger than Blizzard. Okay, go. Because uh, it's not just one thing. Nintendo has a shocking amount of properties they could leverage into other mediums, uh, mostly movies and TV that it feels like they have not done. I know we're getting that Super Mario Brothers movie. If maybe a shift is is on the wind. But when you think of how beloved Nintendo characters are, like the fact that we don't have Nintendo, like Mario TV shows and Zelda TV shows and stuff yeah. like that. Like we did, but not anymore. Yeah. And they were <laughs> and bad. It's mostly. shocking with how beloved those are with kids and even adults. Like, yeah. Meanwhile, I'm Sonic, surprised. who, you know, everyone teased Sonic for losing essentially to Mario over the years. They, they equated, you know, Sega's getting out of the market, the console market as the failure of Sonic in some ways. But Sonic's gone on to do shit <laughs> like not just yeah. movies that were successful. And those two movies were very successful, but television shows, animated stuff. The games haven't been great, but they don't seem to have a problem dipping into those other areas. I don't love it all, but fans of Sonic are pretty satiated. They're pretty happy. And Nintendo is like Saturday morning cartoon of like almost every character in Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, I would too. like an F-Zero racing show. Awesome. Sign me up. A Super Mario Brothers show in it a zelda show in it metroid show for uh older audiences yes a hundred percent star fox be great sign me up like every single one of these i'm like i'll watch this i got a baby i got an excuse i get to watch these and and just be happy about it i I I would i would watch a smash brothers show that was like all of those characters having to work on the whole fighting arena tour business like yes all of it all Literally every company, every movie company on the planet is trying to figure out a way to do a multiverse like Marvel. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo has a billion properties and they already have the multiverse property and they, they aren't doing it. And they anything. squander it. It's okay. Good one. I agree, John. Totally agree. 
I think we're about to see some really serious stuff happen. That Fallout series coming, I'm excited about. I'm really excited about Last of Us, which starts in January, I think. Yeah, I think it looks good. It looks really oh. good. Like we're, I think we're about to like cross over into territory of more game property entertainment shows and movies are actually better than the bad. You know, there's more good than bad. Which wasn't always, it's mostly been the other way around, heavily weighted in the bad department. But I think as ga- as gaming becomes more of a widely normalized thing, you'll get more and more people in the Hollywood show business band as well, taking it, you know, taking it seriously too. Like they play the game. Like Henry Cavill's a good example, even though it's more to do with The Witcher, but it's just like. You know, like now oh, let's make a game. Let's make a movie for them video game players. See, you know, yeah. like it's 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 <laughs> like no, oh, no. I'm playing Warhammer and World of Warcraft all day. I want this shit to be good. Yeah, they're um, 1940s so. uh, uh, noir characters. <laughs> like, well, I, I mean, go, you know, they had to go somewhere, Scott. <laughs> that's probably 20 years ago. What they were saying, like we got to make a Mario Brothers movie. See, see what do yeah, the kids see. want? They want a fat Italian guy and a skinny Italian guy, and <laughs> they, they want. Animatronics with little heads, that thing, see? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. And as they they're just in, like... You're not out of touch. To me, it's just MCU. It's the same thing. How do we get to a place where comic book heroes and properties actually are respected, get money, and make real quality content? Well, we're there on that. No one's denying that anymore. But as, for, as for late our as, age group, for our I'm age sure group, kids but are in, like, there's no TikTok in this. What the hell kind of shit is Hollywood doing? Well, maybe. <laughs> but that's my point: is everything ages up, and then whoever's yeah, in charge yeah. is now that. That's generation. what I mean. It's our time to enjoy these things now. I yeah, think it's, yeah. Let it be our time. Generation X, unite, or I guess you're mere millennial. John's millennial. I'm a millennial, technically. I think that's, I'm generation. Wait, I don't even know Bo, what the generation. Bo are. might be. Uh, Bo I'm might Nirvana. Be I grew up Gen in Nirvana. X. Whatever. You that could means. still be in the gen x category because i'm I'm not i'm not far into millennial and bo's older than me so he might be a gen x jeb bo what are you this year 41 43 i just turned 43 a month ago okay so you let's see that 79 79 79 i think think he's he's still in xer you're still in x dude we're in the same group i'm an x-man that's right we don't give a shit about nothing cool generation i got stinking millennials i know x is the best man Cause we don't isn't there a, a Y shit. in there? Don't you fall? Isn't there a Y between millennials and X's? Uh, no, no, I think that's the weird thing is that there are none. There's a Z. That's my son. He's Z. Yeah, we just got labeled millennials. Yeah, that's what we got. And you guys like got a lot of things. We you, just got the raw end of the <laughs> stick and then blamed for it. And you got the poopy early. Like as soon as they coined the name, you they immediately were jumping on you. Yeah, it, X to, X was cool for a while until they started saying we were slackers. But at least it was still cool, and we kind of didn't care. We were listening to Nirvana and hanging out, and just we didn't care. We still don't care what you say about us. No, we're just the generation that can't afford a house because we like avocado toast. Yeah, no, no, Roman Pot says you were called either. a Y until they until they changed uh, the millennial became popular. So you were Y probably for a while. Yeah, the Y generation. That's lame. Right. Yeah. The whole thing is silly. I yeah. think the whole thing's think everyone wants to have a name yeah. because the only one that really deserve a name are the baby. Bo- one thing we'd all agree on is like baby boomers move on. Yeah. Get out of here. Share the wealth. <laughs> you a-holes quit clamping yeah. down and eating your, eating your prune juice and, and then telling everyone to get off your lawn. 
make room for the rest of us. All right, uh, moving on. Thank you for that message there, Ben. If you want to do that, you got to be a patron uh, and watch for the posts I'll put up every week that ask for your latest and greatest questions. If you submitted one, they're still on our list of uh, uh, choosies, so they're not going anywhere. Very well might get read in a future episode, but uh, just a little something new we're doing. And thank you, Ben, for being our first guinea pig. Let's dive into what we played this week. All right, before we do that, I want to play something uh, that I mentioned earlier. Plus, you brought John, you brought up Smash Brothers. Perfect timing. And I think this is great. So I got to play this. I was listening to all of the intros for all of the Smash Brothers characters. Okay. And I noticed that there is a lot of Mario, Zelda, freaking Samus. And there's, he's super stoked when he's saying it. Everybody's uh-huh. getting like the rah-rah when they get announced on Super Smash Brothers Melee. Except one character. See if you can notice the difference here, and we'll talk about why he's getting short shrift. So, so here it is. Mario! What happened to poor Ganondorf? He's did not you, excited. He's a villain. He's, he's a baddie. But did you like hear? Ganondorf. Like, listen to the difference here. Yeah. Here's Ice Ganondorf. Climbers. Ice Climbers! Very excited. Listen to uh-huh. this. Ganondorf. <laughs> Ganondorf. Okay. Ganondorf. Move along. <laughs> he just didn't want to say it. <laughs> it's going to go Ganondorf. <laughs> yeah. it's, a hard one, it's a hard one to extend out in a fun way. I guess know? so. Yeah. Mario! Like that's Ganondorf. Easy. You just go with it. But Ganondorf, you're like, I bet it would have sounded more exciting if he was just Ganon. Yeah. Like even though that's not what Ganon looks like, there's a Ganondorf and there is a Ganon. But like if right. he'd said Ganon, you would have been like Ganon. You're probably but right. You had the dwarf on there. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden he's like Ganondorf. Yep. What are we doing? Not an issue in the newer one. I forget the name of the new one, the Switch one, but. uh I don't think he's actually in that lineup. Is Ganondorf <laughs> even in there? Super Smash Brothers, too many characters. Too many characters. dot com. That's what they called it. Yep, I believe that's true. Melee? All right, let's get to the games we played uh, jointly to start with. Uh, more Overwatch Two. I'm still really in and uh, loving it. Although I haven't had as much time this week, I'm playing tonight after the show with my son-in-law again, and that was a whole lot of fun last week. So we're gonna we're gonna try to make some regular games. I play with Bo uh, when I can. It's just a good I got news. Yeah. Oh, you have news? What's the news? news? I ranked up. I ranked up. I was uh, bronze one in support, and I ranked up to bronze three. Woo! Wait, going up a number's good, going down a number's bad, right? Is that true? No, no. Oh. So I was going to say, bad. that's a weird number. You, you, you would think after the hard one victory, seven wins, boom, it's time for a, a snapshot update. Update to your record. And then I'm bronze one. I'm expecting to go to silver five at minimum, and it's like... Bronze three, congratulations. And I'm like, piss off, you stupid game. Like, I just finished white knuckling a hard one game, got the victory in the locker room cheering. It's like, it's like if, uh, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup and then they're just like, sorry, <laughs> even yeah. though you won, you're not getting the Stanley Cup. <laughs> That's a like, little you, weird. Because you suck. Yeah. Like, wh- whoever's behind, like, the crack is free and heavy over at Blizzard Overwatch team or whoever decided to make the uh, this ranked mode the way it is because I I understand the good intention behind it, mm. but it feels awful. Mm. It feels 
terrible. Yeah. Win up, lose down. Like, just stop trying to curb every soft corner. Yeah. What they ought to do. They're just not going to play ranked. What they should have done in your case, tell me if you agree. If you're not going to get higher than that, then leave you there. Don't go lower. Right. Like, if you were were bronze two before or whatever you were, at the very least, you should be there as a baseline. I I mean, if I go up bronze one, I should go down to. If I win, I should go up. The the, the part problem is not that I go down. The problem is I'm going down on a victory. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like I won, and it's like drop two ranks. So and how like, does how does that work though? Like, is it a case of like so you went up, but you didn't go up with everybody else to the same degree? So no, you the, the way it works down? is you have a true rank, but they don't show it to you, and it your rank updates on a snapshot at seven wins or at 20 losses, except the 20 losses. I don't see a screen. So I only ever see it when I get seven wins, which is supposed to be positive reinforcement, except it's not positive reinforcement. When you win and lose two ranks, Mm. who do I got to talk to, to explain this very basic concept that when you win, you expect people to congratulate you and, you know, at least not go down a rank. You know, it's like uh, it's like if you did your homework and your parents slapped you and sent you to your room with no supper. It's like, what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah. I did the good thing. You know. So, anyways, that, I'll, I'll, that's my bobcat for the day. It seems uh, a little counterintuitive. I agree with you. Yeah. I don't understand so, it. Either. I had to rant about that because it was just the worst feeling I've had in gaming in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what John's solution is, and that would be stop playing Overwatch. But you know what? I'm not. Yeah. Gonna, I'm no, not, I'm I have kinda... to. I have to give Bo some slack on this because I'm going to complain about ranking when we talk about our next game. Oh, okay. All <laughs> yeah. right. Let's do it now. I don't. Nothing else really to add to Overwatch Two except. No, Overwatch um, is fun. I love playing the yeah, game. Yeah, it's great. I'm full on addicted. Oh, they pulled uh, May out for a week, a week or two. Um, yeah. She I heard some about bug. that because I heard John on Core uh, promoted her, and everybody <laughs> played her and discovered. <laughs> yeah, that she was we might have done that, you know. Treasure. <laughs> we, we might. Be- <laughs> possible for that one yeah i don't know <laughs> what the deal is though quite a bit about me last week i meant to look it up but did, what was the bug it was some weird exploit or something um what so what if you were standing on the wall yeah it could raise you into a place that made you invulnerable but you could still shoot and hurt other people oh that is a bug. So it has to do with being raised on the wall and invisible. I mean, I found an invisible hole too when I doom fisted behind a tree I couldn't get behind <laughs> of for like five minutes. But that that didn't really work to my advantage being doom fist. Uh, so. <laughs> that's funny, because doom poor Doomfist always getting screwed in the meta or otherwise. Um I like playing him. I play him at all. He's fun. He's yeah, right. he's all right. Yeah. Uh but in the case of May, I'm happy to see her in not in my matches. She's been really trolling me hard, so it's fine. It's fine with me. Uh, Marvel Snap. Let's talk about that. I have been playing very, very casually. I'm nowhere near where you guys are, but I'm enjoying it. Um, John, I understand you've got problems with ranking right now. What's going on? It's my own fault. So I can't, it's not necessarily a complaint about the game because I think the rank system is okay. And it's not like, you know, the game's called Marvel Snap. The snap mechanic's there. I don't think they're going to throw it out. But the problem I have is the deck I like playing is a on-reveal deck that I feel like the the opponents know when they're going to lose, so they always retreat. Mm-hmm. And I always get surprised when I lose, so more often than not, I've snapped. 
So the deck, I think overall, if like, I don't think the game will show you your lifetime uh, stats, but I think the deck overall has a like high win rate for me. Like, I feel like I win, you know, 80% of my games and I am dropping in rank super fast because what happens is I'll win four or five games where I get one or two uh, cubes, but then I lose a game where I thought I was going to win and I had snapped and I'm, so I'm losing four or eight per loss. So I'm getting all these victories, but because they're incremental victories, little steps, I'm getting hit by these big losses on the occasional loss on the deck. Bumming me out. I cannot get out of silver to save my life. And I feel like I win so many hands and I can't get out of silver. And the other problem that's coming with it is I'm starting to relate uh, to unlock like new pools of cards. So I'm starting to see like cards that are really impressive and doing some crazy things, but I'm, uh, I just haven't managed to get out of silver yet. <laughs> it's been a real, it's been a real frustration lately. Cause I feel like, Every time I log in, it'll be like, go up to 36, drop which, down to 34, go back to 35. That's the end of the day. I've played a which, lot of matches. Which, which deck are you playing? I'm not playing a set one. It's one I made, but it's an on-reveal um, Odin deck. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, it's... Well, we don't have to do a whole deck tech here, but I, one of my new favorite things, because a lot of people I know are playing it, are like, well, so I've reached rank 100. <laughs> so I know, that I, I saw oh my that gosh. I was like, I'm, he's a master, he's got a card back. I feel I'm going like to be insufferable beat- now. I'll be yeah. like, well, see, all you need to do is this, this, and this, and I feel like go. you beat the game. You you hit the kill screen or something. But uh, I mean, yeah, like, we were talking about this. I was talking about this like, in crafting, because they're like, what are you doing now? Are you done with the game? And I'm like, I'm going to wait till next season. I'm not going to be, like, one of these like crazy like hardcore gamers there's somebody that's re- reached infinite 500 i'm like there's no rewards i'm not trying to be number one na like whatever so but um there is there 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 it's i i reached 100 but i think some of it has to do with my experience playing poker and less so TCGs, because in this game, it's not the number of wins. You could lose more than you win and still get ahead. It's it's betting. But the reason I ask is because I found the number one way to exploit the game is exactly what John's talking about. Mm. You need to have a trap on turn six. So so if the if you have like the top meta deck but the opponent knows how that plays and knows what's going to happen. They'll not, they're not going to pay you off. They'll be like, Oh, clearly you're going to play Odin at fold. Or if they're like, clearly you're going to play Odin and I'm going to beat it. Snap. So like, this is exactly the trap I've been in. How you win is you have to disrupt their, figure out a plan to disrupt their expectation. Um, and, you know, paying attention to the meta helps like when there's a featured location or you're seeing a certain type of deck a lot knowing how to break its heart. But so what might is this wasn't super effective, but I did climb slowly was I played a standard, whatever deck, like just good stuff, like high stats for cost. And what I would do is I play Heimdall now. And so I would play all the cards on the two right lanes and then move everything to the left lane. Now Heimdall should only be played in the movement deck. That's the meta. That's the deck. But I purposefully played Heimdall in a non-movement deck 
so that when they were looking at my deck, they'd like, oh, I know what to expect. It's this and this and this and this. I try, but I need to keep the left lane clear or what, like I got to do, I got to pay attention to how many spots are full, not completely clear, but what's going to be important is they think I'm focusing on mid and right when really I'm going to shift everything over on the last turn on them. And that proved to be an effective strategy. So I didn't play any. That's why I put I was posted a cryptic tweet where it's like the best. If you could choose the best hand in poker, that would be aces. You have against a field of other opening no limit hold'em hands. You have your favorite pushing all in pre flop, but your opponent would also choose aces, which means your chances are fifty fifty. <laughs> you know, like it, so when people can choose the meta decks, how do you trick the opponent? To me, it's playing things that people aren't discussing, finding those opportunities and exploiting. And then also the other skill being don't have too much of an ego about folding after, you know, as soon as, even if they snap on turn three, I, people will do that when they're playing the infinite deck, the yeah. sunspot infinite deck, like they got the combo pieces snap most of the time I lose. So it's just learning about when to fold and what your game yeah, plan is and versus different decks. I, I think that's where the difficulty is going to be for me because I, um, at, at recommendation, because I, I vented this a couple times and I had a couple people talk to me about it. Um, and so I do have a few decks that are from, you know, they're net decks that I looked up like, Oh, what's a build? What can I, what can I put in here? But the reality is I just don't like playing them very much. They're, they're kind of boring. I didn't put them together. I feel like I'm just going off somebody else's strategy. They're not very fun. Um, and so the, the problem is, is that the deck I like playing the one I always gravitate to and go, well, this is what I'm going to play is exactly that. It's, it's one that's very hard to make big gains on with winning. Cause you can you can see it coming. Uh, everybody can. It's not hard to see that when you put uh, White Tiger and Iron Heart and you know all of that with one spot left by turn six. Like okay, here comes the Odin. Um, you know, so people know what to expect uh, and they take advantage of me. Um, I could change it up, but I, I that's where I get into trouble because I'm like, but do I want to? Mm. And so I may just have to come to terms with being like a silver player because I don't well, want to put in the effort to go beyond. It everyone's experiencing that, especially in pool one and pool two, because the meta is pretty small and set outside of the events. Like I made most of my gains during Camertage because I was able to, you know, find that deck pretty early on. But the subsequent two events, people figured that out or like this machine world one right now. I don't know how I to explain hate it, but... machine world. Yeah, like I can't exploit it very well. So it's like I got an edge in a certain scenario, but everyone's kind of, you know, there's movement deck, there's discard, there's destroy deck, and then there's uh, various dino packages. And then there's the go wide, which is the blue Marvel or Odin, you know, whatever yeah. kind of. And so I like after playing for a few weeks, at least the pool one, pool two decks, I'm familiar with all of them. I know all what they want. Sometimes it's just, that it's a rock, paper, scissors, like movement decks. I find often win against me, you know, because they introduce that level of where, what lane is he moving to? I don't, you know, like it's hard to tell. That's where I got inspired to just take Heimdall and put it in something that doesn't look like a movement deck um, and play off meta. And now I'm starting in pool three. So there's all kinds of the cards get even worse, like in terms of just how bonkers they are. Yeah. Um, Fun, fun, but just like 
there's now it's a whole new puzzle to solve for me. But I definitely found that the meta was getting a bit stale. That's also why I played an off meta deck because I just don't want to play the same for. Yeah, it's right my criticism I'm... of TCGs in general is that they do devolve into like a rock paper scissors meta, and that's boring. I've hit a point in the game where I do feel like I'm going up against the same decks over and over and over again now, and it does yeah. get a little, it does get a little annoying. Like I'm yeah. I'm frustrated because now it feels like they all have new cards and I don't um because mm-hmm. i'm right at that like stepping into a new pool but uh at the same time like there is a little relief like the first time someone played hobgoblin against me i was like oh that was aw- an awful experience but i'm so <laughs> happy to see a different card that it's okay yeah. like yeah. i'm okay with it because uh hey look it's not the vulture uh <laughs> it's something different coming in so mm-hmm. um but it's a it's a super fun card game like i it definitely suffer from the just one more game one more game um i pulled it up on stream yesterday and was like i'll just show one game to show kind of what i'm doing and i think i played seven or eight games on stream before i was like all right i i didn't intend to play this today like i'm gonna put it away so it's uh it's super fun um again i i don't think it goes after your wallet quite so hard uh it definitely tries to incentivize it like if i was paying i could probably move up that collection rank a lot quicker i've got a lot of cards ready for upgrading that are only being held back by the amount of credits i have so you know i could expand my pool with money very easily right now um, but I'm not doing it, and I'm still having fun in spite of it. And I think that is the difference between a good mobile game and a bad mobile game. It's a great little game. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, as if the filthy casual in the room, I'm having a great time with it. I'm feeling less burdened by the latter, though. I just don't care. But I like yeah, playing and it. That's the nice thing about 102. Now I don't care about ranking, so I just <laughs> play the worst ship ever. <laughs> I'll just play whatever just to get my quest done and get ready for next season. I, I'm not... Not trying to get infinite five hundred. So. You're like what billionaires do with their money once they've just got more money than God. They I just- mean, yeah, kind of. Like I laugh, like people are snapping and trying to win against me, and I'm like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> like snap all you want. I yeah. made it to the top of the hill. <laughs> yeah, it's like wiping your butt with a thousand dollar bill. What do you care? It costs you more yeah, money to yeah. use regular toilet paper. Just use that money. That's, in your I'll be brought back down. I think at least thirty ranks. You know, in a week's time or less. Once the season resets, but yeah. Oh, that's true. That and that's soon-ish, right? Because they're shorter seasons. Yeah, it's or? like less than a week. It's a month per season, and we started like two weeks into the season, I think. So yeah. it's almost yeah. over. It's yeah. good, and I think it. I think the uh, the arenas keep it fresh. Although, again, I hate the current one. I, I do not like this one. I was trying to figure out good ways to have fun with it, and I think the best idea that I had was if I play a late game Namor on that spot. Yeah, it gives them the card, but like it then gives them a tough decision to, you know, either play it there to countermine or go with whatever their plan on turn six was. And even that's like a real like iffy proposition. <laughs> like it's not good. I just hate it. I don't yeah. like it at all. But uh, the other events have been a lot of fun. So, well, moving on to all the other games we played, um, just a brief mention, I'm still playing red dead Two, taking my time with it, but having a great time. I'm going to finish that story. I love it. Um, and Despot's game continues to be a delightful, wonderful little freaking thing. Oh, I, I tried that. I played about an hour of it. It's it's good. It's good, right? It's fun. Yeah. I, I really like, like um, it. It was neat. I liked what I was putting down. It's a nice little auto battler for yeah. sure. I, it made me like auto battlers, and I really don't like them normally. 
I mean, honestly, the only two auto battlers I've liked is this, if you can even call it that. This has got other stuff in it that makes it different, but this and Battlegrounds in Hearthstone are really the only two I've ever really enjoyed um, for a long period of time, I should say, because I don't know, the other stuff just didn't stick with me, but this one, this one sure is. I really like it. Anyway, then I played a game. You know how lately I've been sort of on a hunt for <laughs> vampire survivor likes? Yeah. Don't know why I'm doing that, but I am. Whatever I don't know what that genre is. It's the, just, the game came out. You're like, oh, Vampire Survivors is out. Great, let's play every game that is not Vampire. <laughs> right. Like, like I played, I played a bunch of Vampire Survivors as well. But I've, I don't know why. I just keep thinking, this is usually what happens. Somebody will come out with a baseline thing, and it'll like kick off, and everybody's like, oh, we got to make one of those. And then they flood in, and then it's I, I find it fun to see who's doing what. And these are so cheap. They're like three dollar games every time. Nobody's charging a ton of money for these. I feel like I can just sort of dink around and find out, you know? So I yeah. played one I really like called Void Scrappers. And uh, it's a little indie game, obviously. Uh, it's on Steam. And it's set in space. You're a little spaceship in Void Scrappers. And you shoot up stuff. They drop scrap instead of XP. It's little pieces of scrap. And you pick up that scrap. And when you get enough scrap, you get an upgrade. It's imagine the pattern. It's basically the yep. same. Um, I won't say it's just like a new skin because they do a couple of things. Like if you get three of they kind of present as cards, sort of, right? which everyone does now. But um, uh, they'll uh, I'm trying to explain this. They'll these little cards will pop up and it might be a new weapon. So cool. I'll try that new weapon. And then you get more cards later and if you've already got the weapon you'll get a number two of the weapon so it'll say like one slash or zero slash three when you get the first one you have one slash three two slash three so on when you get the third one it makes this big deal out of it and makes a bunch of music and a big combo thing and now you've got the ultimate version of that weapon and you use that weapon to uh lay waste and cause all kinds of havoc in the game um same thing goes for all the different kinds of weapons and you only get weapons from the the mini boss battles that you get occasionally think of it as like the glowy bat in vampire survivors yeah except in this case it's always a weapon drop uh you don't get weapon drops just from regular combat you um the the cards you get for that are upgrades to things like speed or how many projectiles you fire at once or uh how far away the scrapple will suck into you from you know from distance that sort of thing so the upgrades are, are like that, but none of them are ever a random weapon, which is different than Vampire Survivors and also different from Brotato and some of these others that I've been playing. Um, the space motif's just really working for me. Um, I really like it, and I got really far in it, and it, man, they swarm that place with a billion ships, and the boss ships get harder and harder, and uh, it's great. It's a great one of those. Uh, it reviewed well, so I thought, why not? Let's check this thing out. I totally dig it. It's under five bucks. Uh, I like it a whole lot. So yeah, we're gonna need to get your like once you've played the breadth of them. We're yeah. gonna need to get okay. This is Scott's top picks. Yes, for vampire survivor like games. Survivor likes, and it may end up being you know vampire survivor might be it. But I there's some things that each of these games are doing differently that I really like, like Brotato in particular, which I think might be the biggest contender. Um, oh man, Brotato's awesome. Anyway, yeah, that's not a bad idea. At some point, I'll do some sort of thing, and we'll we'll talk about it more. Uh, anyway, so there's that. Void Scrappers, available on Steam, and also plays perfectly 
on a Steam Deck if you were interested in that. Uh, speaking of that, another game went on sale that I've been wanting to pick up for a long time. I already had it on the Switch, so I wanted it here, and it's called Hunt Down. I think I've even talked about it on the show before. Hunt Down is a small game that came out a few years ago that is reminiscent of like the old Genesis uh, action side scroller shooters. If I had to oh, compare yeah. it to anything, I think I saw this pop up on on Steam. Recently, yeah, like it was. A, you probably saw the sale as well as like five bucks, four yeah. bucks, something like that. Uh, usually nineteen. I think it might be back to its normal price. I'm not sure. It goes on sale a lot, but it's it is the most faithful, tonally accurate. 16-bit game ever specifically genesis era so it's just edgy and over the top that thing i played at the top of the show is from it this thing profiteering mega corporations it's just like ridiculous <laughs> over the top the whole thing cyberpunk setting of some sort um you got three characters to choose from you can be this lady i forgot her name they're all funny names one's kind of a robocop type robot guy and the other one's like a regular old hard hard-boiled detective type anyway in this world, you're like the only system of justice left and you're like the secretive society of justice dealers. And so you're the only ones willing to go out and get jobs done and you get paid for it. And it side scrolls like you would expect. I don't know. I don't know what game to compare this to. It's not like Contra. not well Contra in perspective, but not in speed. It's mm. a little bit more maintained. I don't know, but like bro force is a little bit more accurate and that's more recent game. So it's probably not fair to, compare it yeah, while bro i was gonna suggest dead cells next just but yeah maybe really yeah movement. a little bit of that a little bit I'm of that seeing. um i think the pixel artwork is insane the feel of it is really great it's very methodic it's like all right, i gotta take these guys down i'm gonna use this weapon to do it i'm gonna run out of bullets when i'm not careful but uh, i have this one gun that's infinite but it's it's basically just a pistol there's hidden elements you can go find just has all the makings of that old stuff and i love that stuff um the boss it has fights like are the a look of Contra, but it almost feels like the pace of Metal Slug, like a slightly slower Metal Slug. That's actually really that's really well put, and I and that explains a lot because I actually love Metal Slug more than most of those kinds of games, and I think that's why I prefer that pace of that kind of like it's just not, it's not nonstop bullet hell. Right, it's a run to the right, but like not like Sonic the Hedgehog. Every now and then you stop, you move up, you gather something, you take a little time at a spot, like. You know, it's not constantly going. Yeah, that's on a good way of putting five it. Five bucks right now. Is it still on sale? Oh, it's so worth getting. It's very, very yeah, good. Um, I play it on Steam Deck primarily, but it's plays, you know, obviously fine on PC. Uh, this is on Switch and everything else as well. They may be also having a a sale. PlayStation, Xbox, they all have it. Um, it's just, and it's funny uh, in all the right ways. It doesn't try to. I don't know how to explain it. It's just the perfect mix of like humor and stuff from the nineties, but also its own thing. Uh, the boss fights, which we're watching one right now are all really creative and interesting, kind of hard at first. You learn their patterns, you figure it out. Um, there's a wrestler dude that this isn't showing that that's the next boss in line, but he's just, he's Randy Savage. I mean, he's just constantly going, Oh yeah. And just like saying all this stuff <laughs> like that. And it's great. It's just stupid over the top, you know, I miss this in games. I don't I don't even know what to call it, but I miss it. And this game revives a lot of those feelings for me. So anyway, really tight controls. Very fun game. Right now, five bucks. Total no-brainer. It's called Hunt Down. And I would recommend this very, very highly if any of that sounded interesting to people. It's a lot right. of fun. And there's lots of difficulty settings, so you can really go hardcore if you want or 
or have a more story approach. And the story is pretty stupid, but but in a great way. Oh, it it seems like it's going for like an eighties vibe, like eighties, oh, yeah. you know, Cobra <laughs> action movie, dumb themed gangs, like yep. all that kind yep. of stuff. Yep, I'm glad you said themed gangs because for sure that's happening here. <laughs> I mean, it's it's and it's very cyberpunk in the way that people think they like cyberpunk in a very stereotypic way. Um, and it's one of those things where it's yes, it's you know, it's reminiscent of the 16-bit graphic era. But it's clearly, you know, explosions and blood and stuff like this is beyond anything you were playing on your Genesis for sure. But it's still reminiscent of all those things. Anyway, it's very cool. Highly recommend it. Hunt down. Uh, let's move over to John and the other stuff you've been at. What are you uh, What are you up to there? What do you got going yeah, on? Yeah, so uh, with Halloween happening, I was in the mood to play some not necessarily scary games, but I wanted to do some some spooky games, uh, you know, and I decided to try a bunch of stuff, and I actually kind of pulled the Scott. I tried a whole bunch of stuff, um, played very little bit of it. Like, I was a bad Scott. Scott mm. gets into these games and tries them, and he comes back with a lot of useful information. Mm. I didn't do that. It's not going to be a lot of useful information here. Mm. First thing I played was Project Zomboid, which is uh, an interesting concept. It is a kind of isometric top-down survival uh, game in a zombie apocalypse. One of the big things it boasts is like uh, accurate locations based on uh, map data for uh, towns. Oh, weird! So it's it's supposed to be very accurate in that regard. Uh, graphically, this game. Uh, is not good at all, but it does offer like a wide breadth of options as a result. So it's one of those games where it's like, you know, you go up to a counter and that counter is going to be full of stuff that you might find in a kitchen counter. And, you know, you can do a whole bunch of things with it. You know, if you get a cup, you can fill it with water and then you have water. If you get thirsty, you can find meat, but you got to cook it. And then there's places you can do that. Like it's, it's kind of like Wildermyth in that sense of like, it's not graphically impressive, but they do that because technically what's behind behind it is, is pretty robust. Mm. Um, but it is hard as hell. Like, I, I mean, the game basically tells you at the start, they're like, yeah, you're going to die. Like, this is the story of how you die. It's how you get to that, that we're going to figure out. And there's a lot of sneaking around and there's a lot of avoiding zombies. And uh, it's very methodical. And I feel like this is a game that if I could get used to the controls, I would have a really good time with. But I didn't get used to the controls and instead, I kept getting eaten and killed. <laughs> I got frustrated with it and I stopped playing it. You playing with a keyboard and mouse? Is that the primary way or what do you do? Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't do controller. There's too much like like right now it looks like an action game. So it looked like what you're showing. So it looks like, oh, no, you could use a you could use a controller and do that. But you're opening menus like you're seeing more of that now you're opening menus and you're clicking items and you're right clicking to get context for those items because it's not just i have a piece of wood and here's the one thing wood does it's like no i gotta right click the wood and i can use it to break it up on the ground and do this with it or board up a window or whatever like there's a ton of stuff based on where you are it's very menu heavy um but it's not bad like it's just it was one of those games where it's like, oh, I can't play this casually. Mm. Um, would you would you uh, say it's like that stealth 
elements to it. And like, this seems like this oh, dude's yeah, sneaking definitely. Because zombies respond to sound and mm-hmm. sight. So sneaking is important and uh, not being seen is important. If you get a gun, like, you know, you can you can shoot zombies in the head and they will die. But that gunshot will also attract any other zombies around and they'll come for you. Hmm. So it's it's got a lot of options uh, like that. And because of that, because I was like, all right, well, that was a lot. This seems like a lot to learn. Let me try a different zombie game that doesn't seem like it has as much to learn. So I started playing Seven Days to Die, Mm. which is a voxel-based first-person shooter or first-person survival game with zombies, again, prominently featured, keeping uh, keeping the theming alive. Sure. And... That game, I can't, I don't want to make a comment as to whether it's good or bad. What I can tell you is I got in expecting one thing, and the first thing I was doing was slapping plants to get plant fiber to weave (laughs) together to make a thing. And I went, this is not what I want right now. And I stopped playing. (laughs) I didn't get very far at all. It's like a pure survival game, right? Like that's that's what what this is. One of those. This is this is a survival ass survival game. You are gonna you're going to weave some plants that you picked up off the ground. And then guess what? You're going to pick up a rock off the ground. Wow. And guess what? You're going to, you're going to get some sticks and you're going to use your plant fibers to connect that rock to those sticks to make a tool. And you're going to use that tool to do a thing. If that's the thing you're into, this game might be for you, but it is not what I wanted to play. I thought it was going to be more survival in the like, Hey, look out zombies kind of aspect less yeah. in the like, create a stone hatchet for yourself. So uh, it wasn't what I wanted and I didn't play it. These games are all on sale. I should mention. Yes. Yeah. Is that um, why you grabbed him? You were like, Oh, look at all these deals. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to do a Halloween stream and then instead I took a nap uh, the day before <laughs> Halloween. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, about right. that's, that's what happened instead of a big, a big Halloween stream, um, which by the way, like what I wanted to talk about today, but I was saving it. I played all this stuff because what I really wanted to play, I was like, no, I'm going to save for that Halloween stream. Um, is that the DLC for resident evil village came out, oh, the right. Rose DLC and the third person stuff. And I got to see what the third person perspective looks like for the game. And that's cool and interesting. But I really wanted to find out what was going on with the Rose DLC. Um, but I thought, well, I'll save that for the stream. But then I didn't stream. So I haven't played it. So instead, this is what I've got. I uh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I don't have what I wanted to play. I've got this. Well, the uh, real quick on that front, I saw a video of the of the mannequin ladies following through the house. And they'll stop if you stop. But if if you if you're not looking at them, they'll keep coming after you. Oh, is that from that's is yes. that from the Rose DLC? Yes, and guess what? I'm not ever gonna play. Oh, we should play that, oh, Scott. Dude, oh you loved Village. I liked Village a lot, but I don't know if I can deal with dolls that stop and look at me like that. You have you seen video of this? It's horrifying. Yeah, I watched your video of it and was like, ah, oh, that's a weird horror looking game. All right, let's uh, move on. I'm gonna find I didn't it. know that that was that. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's uh Ari Village gameplay DLC. I mean, I'm just gonna try to find this on the chat and see this, but Let's see the mannequin ladies. <laughs> mannequin. 
That's, uh, I always have to say it that way. Lesser known sister. I always have to say it that way because if I don't, I will, I'll spell it wrong. Isn't that, that's weird, right? To do that. No, but I think people do that. Anyway, it's, uh, yeah. So it's part of this, uh, sorry, uh, shadows of Rose, uh, stuff. And I'm see if I can find it. Shadows of Rose. Cause this just really stuff. put me in a place when I saw this. I was like, are you kidding? I'm not doing that. I'm going to try not to look cause I don't want to spoil myself. Yeah. I did the- see the mannequin stuff that you posted. I just didn't realize it was from this. Yeah. So there he goes walking past one. And then I think if he turns around, is this, Oh no, this is Rose. Yeah, this is Rose. Right. But you can play all of Village now in third person as Peter or whatever his name is. Vim. <laughs> yeah, it's not his name, but yeah. You what was can. his name? I forgot. Uh, I don't know. As soon as you said Peter, you erased his name from it. Ethan. It's Ethan, Ethan Winters. Ethan, that's what it is. Ethan Winters. That's Ethan right. Hawk. Oh, see, there it is. See, this is some horse shit. Okay. So, Bo, on this video, she's just looking, but the minute he gets. Okay. Turn away. Yeah, I girl. saw the video that you posted as well. It looked neat. Yeah, I, I can't. I don't think I can do it, John. I don't you think can I can totally do it. You I just got to look, look at them. It's yeah, the same principle as Super Mario Brothers booze. Wait, Super. Oh, it is that yeah. principle. Yeah, but those are big, smiley, dumb things that aren't scary. These are scary mannequin doll ladies. Why? Why is that different? <laughs> I don't know. I'm terrified. <laughs> and you can hear them like walking down the halls, and then they come in the room, and then they look at you. Like, yeah. watch this. Like, oh, shit. I ain't doing that, dude. No way I'm freaking doing that. F that. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. You could totally do it. Keep your eye on the girl, dude. Yeah, I'm already. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> we got to play this, man. We got to uh, play this. Everybody wants it. Okay. Well, cons- we'll consider the request. Tell me about signals, uh, Signalis. Oh wait, did you? So you played it and you liked it, and you're going to probably get it, is what you're saying? Uh, what the Rose DLC yeah. or the Seven Days to Die? No, I did buy the Rose DLC. Oh, you did get I it. Okay. Played it yet? Right, yeah. There you go. Uh, but I did play Signalis, which is a game that's on Game Pass right now. Um, this game seems fantastic. Uh, so this is another one that sadly I don't have a lot of time in. Uh, not for lack of interest, but actually just because. Um, I don't know how saving your game works in this. I thought I did, but I played it for a while and was like, this is really good. Then I had to go do something Then I came back and there was no save file to load. And I had to do the whole beginning over again. I had played for a little while. I was like, I don't want to do all that again. I just did it. So I stopped playing. But this game is genuinely, um, genuinely very interesting. It's uh, it's also kind of an isometric game. Um, with kind of an anime looking protagonist. It's got kind of rough pixelated 3d graphics. The art is Um, so cool. I love the look. Yeah. It's sort of like resident evil mixed with Evangelion. Like I I know we were harshing on that on the pre-show, but Mm. like I got to this weird part where it just started playing classical music with lots of flashes of anime and a lot of text on the screen. I was like, wow, this feels very Evangelion to me. Um, but in a cool kind of horror uh, setting type vibe. Um, I haven't played enough of it, but I can tell you that this game seems very, very cool. It um, seems really neat. I, I This one I think I would probably play given the, the isometric perspective is most of the view that you're seeing. That, yeah. that makes things less scary for me. Um, but also, I, 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 I've said in just recent years maybe, 
that I didn't think the PlayStation era of graphical uh, style was going to go anywhere the way that pixel art did. I always thought, well, pixel art, you know, will always be fun to play in new games like they were in old games. It's just a great style for games. And I used to think, well, those early, you know, the, the early 3D world of PlayStation 1 and the Sega Saturn and all of that, that, that we wouldn't figure out a way to make that seem cool again because it just was so ugly and dirty. Yeah. I think I'm wrong because um, this is a good example. The card game that we all liked that was the... Um, oh, shit. I can't remember the name of it. The, uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, that weird inscription. Inscription, inscription. inscription, yeah. Inscription's a good example I, I just I'm starting to think I, I was wrong about this. I actually think I think it requires a lot of post processing over the top of it. Oh yeah, yes. for sure. So actually the part you're on right now, this is the part that felt very Evangelion to me. It's like here's a lot of text and cuts to red and font and classical music plays over this entire scene. And I was like, wow, this feels very Evangelion right right here. Mm-hmm. Um but the the main game itself is, is very much in the vein of like Resident Evil and stuff like that. And um, it just seems really, really cool. Uh, so I'm definitely going to play more of this. I wish I could say that I had played more of this. I didn't simply because I don't know how save games work. Maybe there's a typewriter in there that I just never found. Mm. Um, maybe I just didn't get far enough to find it. But uh, no, this game is really, really cool uh, from what I've played. And with it being on Game Pass, it's easy to try if you have that subscription. So uh, this is one I definitely would. would the ca- the character has fire emblem feet. And notice, you know, that whole. Like, yeah, no- he uh, just comes down to a point. Well, you're a robot, so you're you're a sexy robot lady. So it's OK if you have pointy feet. Yeah, that's true. You can have fire emblem feet and be a robot and feel pretty good about it, I think. Yeah. Um. I think I'm gonna grab this at Game Pass. You said this was on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no brand. I then. almost bought it on Steam because it was being featured prominently there, and I was like, "Oh, it's got really good reviews, and it looks really cool." I'm. I think I'm gonna buy this, and then I saw it on Game Pass. and was like, even better. Well, there you go. Sign- <laughs> I don't have to pay for it. Signalis, <laughs> like signal, and then is at the end, and it. Uh, Steam currently has it as overwhelmingly positive reception. That's a good sign, everybody. Uh, so a hard time finding the signalis. I also played <laughs> Curse of the it. Dead Gods. Oh, a little bit. That game's great. That game's great. That game is like because I definitely wondered where these were going to happen because uh, Hades was a very popular video game. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, why isn't why didn't more people try and make a game like Hades? Curse of the Dead Gods is a game like Hades, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a pretty good one from what I can tell. My only issue with it, the only thing that has kept me from having more time in it, one, it's harder. Uh, Definitely or at least harder. it starts harder because yeah. um, you have to manage light in addition to your fighting, yeah. which kind of adds a whole other dynamic to it. Um, you have to either light torches or you can light enemies on fire. And the penalty for being in the dark isn't, terrible like it's it's manageable and i think that's the thing i'm gonna have to come to terms with is that like it's okay to fight in the dark sometimes Mm -hmm. because i was just getting beaten on trying to keep rooms well lit while i was fighting um but uh the only thing i have with it is the pacing in the game is not very good like this game definitely front loads a lot of tutorials like 
hey, here's this mechanic and here's how this works and here's what you can do with this and here's how the map works. Like things that Hades really took its time giving you like a run or two or three to kind of unlock or figure out. This game throws it all at you on your first run. And I started to get like tutorial fatigue with it mm. um, where I was just like, oh my gosh, it has so many things it wants to teach me how to do and all about. But the gameplay within it is very very good uh it feels tight it feels fun to to do the combat um the move sets are really interesting uh the weapons are good the light and dark uh mechanic of the room is good but it just this game does offer a lot of things so it's like hey here's how stamina works here's how you get it back here's how you lose it here's how light works here's what the penalty for it is and here's what the bonus for it is Here's your sword. Here's your gun. Here's how you do special moves with it. Hey, there's this curse system every time you go through a door that builds up that has a special effect when you go through the doors. Hey, here's your upgrade unlocks, and here's how that's going to work. And hey, here's how you plot out your map. Here's all the icons of all the potential rooms. And that's all within like the first 15 minutes of playing. Yeah, there's and a I was lot. just like, there's a lot. Oh my gosh. I, I wasn't ready for this. Yeah, um, they definitely went for more. I don't know if the word is depth, but they wanted to they wanted to create more levels of that complexity than than what what you, what you get with Hades. It's just a different yeah. approach. So you're you're absolutely right. I don't I don't think you're wrong about that at all. It's very I, I good. I think Hades I think Hades executed on it better by doing a slower roll. And yeah. like I can see people returning to Hades being frustrated cuz it's like oh, it's my first run. I don't have access to, you know, like certain gods won't even show up on your first run. Um, they don't show up until later and there's mechanics that are unlocked until you've done multiple runs and things like that. Yeah. And uh, this game seems like it wants to give you a shorter, like a quicker introduction to all those systems. So you can just start doing full runs however you want. But uh, I think chat room just coined the phrase because uh, this does happen to me very frequently, which is TLDP, which I'm sure stands for too long. Didn't play. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's what I ran into. It hit me with so many menus and tutorials and pop-ups. I went, okay, I, hold on. I don't think I'm ready for playing this game. And, uh, I walked away from it without putting too much time. I will come back to it though, because it looks amazing and it plays great. Yeah. I really like the, the look and feel of the game in particular. It's on game pass as well. So if you're, um, it's been there since August looks like, so you can play it on PC or console and it's also on steam and switch and everything that's a big game people like it yeah so uh rounding it out my last spooky game as i as i played through a bunch of these things and gave a little bit of time to all of them um i tried to go back to a game that i've talked about on the show before but it just sticks with me as one of the it's not a scary game in the traditional sense but it's a game i think about a lot and every now and then, for no reason whatsoever, the music and the visuals will just sink back into my mind. And that is Return of the Oberdin. Yeah. Um, which is one of the, like, despite its incredibly simplistic graphics and all of that, uh, has just stuck with me in a really, really weird way. And I went back and played a little bit more of Return of the Oberdin. And I continue to be sad that it is not the easiest game in the world to go back to mm. because it's kind of all about solving a mystery and puzzle. And once you know it, you know it and you can't unknow it, uh, which is a real shame because this 
little universe, this, this fate, this like terrible event boat ride where everything went wrong and almost everybody died has just stuck with me since the day that I played it. And it's not a horror game in the traditional sense. Nothing jumps out at you. There's nothing awful in it besides i mean you are looking at the deaths of like 40 people or something like that over the course of the game but like there's nothing in it that's like a jump scare or traditional horror but like the things that you see over the course of that game and and solving what happened on the Oberdin just have continued to to live with me since i played it and um I I wish I could go back to play this game without knowing everything I know about it. Like it's such a unique experience. So uh, again, I know I've talked about it before, but I'm going to mention it again to anybody out there that hasn't played it. um, That thinks, you know, would be into a puzzle game. I don't think the game's necessarily for everyone, but uh, don't let the, the simplistic graphics or thinking the game will give you a headache, which is what I thought it was going to do when I looked at the graphics. I was like, I don't know if I can play a whole game like this. Um, I really like them. You. I like the this, graphics. I think it's like such a weird, such a weird des- decision to make it look like like a 1984 Mac screen kind of. And I know they have di- they have different filters. So you can make it kind of yeah. look different ways, but there's something about that sepia tone monochrome thing going on that i really dig about it yeah this is one of hands down the best games i've ever played in my life and i i can't recommend it enough don't 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 let its look or anything pass you by like this game is really incredible with what it does with storytelling with what it does for presenting a non-linear narrative for um like it it tells a story that's so emotional, emotionally charged because people are, you know, literally dying and murdering and betraying and stuff like that. And you, you get the entire story from a place of complete neutrality, which is really interesting. You don't have a stake in it. You don't have friends on the ship. Like you're an insurance adjuster, like going in just to find out what happened. And it's, it's really a strange and incredible experience. He's one so. of those creators. It's one dude, Lucas Pope. He made this and he made Papers, Please, one of my favorite games ever made. Um, I'm on, I all, I, there's a few people I just sort of pay attention to and like whatever that person does next, I'm all in on. That's one of those guys. I think it's amazing. He was, he even made those two games like by himself. Yeah. I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. He's some kind of genius. We That's should celebrate incredible. dudes like that. Screw you, Elon Musk. We're talking about Peter. <laughs> take that yeah take that all right so that was my spooky game exploration beyond that uh most of my time has been going into Fortnite still um playing a lot of that with the family it's star wars week uh which is fun like darth vader's down on the map you can find lightsabers and blasters down there which are really fun to to play with um my wife is a huge fan that lightsabers are in the game because playing on the switch where it's really hard to aim, just swinging a big energy sword is exactly her speed. She's like, I don't want the star Wars event to end. I kill so many people. finally." <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm having a good time with that and, uh, having a bunch of star Wars in there is, is pretty good. Nice. Um, I did buy an emote that puts me on a tiny little speeder bike that goes like 
slower than a Vespa mm. and it cracks me up every time and it feels good. So uh, that game is is stupid and fun. Do you think that's an inside joke at the uh, the Boba Fett speeders that were too slow? No one liked how slow they were on that show. <laughs> no, I don't know, but it feels it feels slightly faster than those. <laughs> wow! Not by much. Okay, slightly faster slightly. than the Book of Boba Fett speeders. Look, yeah. it's uh, it's an improvement, I suppose. Uh, all right, it's down to Bo and his, uh, what he played this week. Bo, what'd you play this week? What's going on? Oh, um, I, well, mostly Snap and Overwatch, so not much to say, but I did play Walking Dead Saints and Sinners finally. Yeah. Um, the VR game. Premiere, so again, like all VR things, people will rave about something, but maybe it's because it's their first experience or it's from years ago. Overall though, it's pretty cool. I just don't like the cell shaded graphics that much even in the vr space however the nice thing it features is advanced killing so advanced you, killing. like oh. zombie style killing where it's you don't just you know when i was doing blade and sorcery i stabbed the body yeah pull it out well this one you 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 gotta wedge it into somebody and then you gotta stick it in a little further uh, so it's like you'll put your knife in a skull but then you gotta push it through the skull with some force. So it's kind of fun when you're playing in VR to stick someone and then grab their head and go ah, just like they like they do in the show, right? Like and it's not just a knife. You can get a blunt screwdriver and shove that in a zombie's eye and it'll get stuck and then you got to drive it in further to make sure you get the brain. Mm. How um, do they simulate it getting stuck when there if there's no resistance on your hand? Um, well, it will resist. Like, there's no resistance oh. on your hand, but your hand will stop, and then you've got to shut. It'll like give you a moment to go, and then shove further. And now for big weapons, like there's a two-handed fire axe, you just got to hit hard enough. Unfortunately, if you don't hit hard enough, it does weird elasticy rubber band stuff, mm. and I always hate that. But um, you don't have to swing hard. It's just the amount of swing they said, so so you don't hit punch the wall or something but um the atmosphere of this game is really good you have a home base and you go out and help people and they give you decisions and maybe they betray you and maybe they don't um very walking dead but it deserves a lot of the accolades i really enjoy being being a part of the world um uh there's a whole backpack and there's a lot of either there are a lot of interactables like you see the way you're healing you got to wrap the bandage around your arm so you literally have to do that with the controllers yeah which, which, you know, I appreciate a lot of those things. So I got through the tutorial and I did the first mission and, you know, discovered, you see that this is home base where you have to go out and scavenge for supplies so that you can get your equipment and build up your base. Ugh, um, you're in a, so ho- far, your home base is like an above ground, uh, cemetery. Gross. Gross. Yeah. And it's in VR. So it really feels like you're making a home in a cemetery. <laughs> like it doesn't feel good, Jeez. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you can take your boat out and you got to, you got all the, f- You've got all the good trappings of a VR game. You got your notebook with all your menu items, which is great. Um, you have a flashlight. You got pockets. Again, the one thing we need to deal with because I like to sit down and play these VR games. It's got good controls and good customization, mm-hmm. but the pockets need to be. When you're sitting down, it's hard to put things in your pockets because you're blocked oh. by the chair you're sitting in, right? Yeah. So it can be awkward. Yeah. I like over the shoulder. But I'm not a big fan of pockets. I even have like flashlight on the chest, book on this side, backpack, 
two-handed weapon, but like getting ammo out of the belt pouch, yeah. it's not the best thing uh, for VR because I'm not always standing and I don't want to be digging in my crotch every time I need <laughs> shotgun shells. You know, like it's annoying. Like, where is it? You got next thing you know, you got your hand on your balls and you're like, where are my shotgun shells? Wow. Um, yep, so it's, it yeah. yeah. But um, it's really, it's, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm looking forward to playing. I, I kind of wanted to save it for a stream because I know People do ask if I should play a scary game, and well, uh, this seems like yeah, scary enough, but also nice and violent and so in my, well made. In my well made, uh, so. my understanding was the game was that this particular game was more run and gun and shoot, and it's lots of shooting, but it looks more methodic and build stuff and take t- your time. No, I think that's onslaught. That's doesn't review well. I think that plays in VR Walking Dead onslaught. Oh, I might be thinking that. It had like Rick yeah. Ryan. It actually has I think some of the voice actors and Daryl and stuff. This is like a Telltale game featuring. If graphically, it feels a bit like a Telltale game, and it feels features characters I haven't seen so far. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I do. What I really appreciated the knifing mechanics. Also, you can flip the knife, so you can hold it overhand or underhand, like Wakazashi style. Um, so you can go stab, stab, or you can just do the traditional shank motion. Gotcha. Um, and the animation to flip pretty cool I'll it's got bet. good knife uh, and stabbing mechanics good knife tech. Um, <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah. is the saints reference because you're in new orleans is that what's going on i think so um it definitely is new orleans um i haven't really wrapped my head around why the title is called that basically there's a guy who's there he dies early on you inherit his stuff and he's like make sure to get that stash and there's a bunch of bad dudes around it's pretty like it's not beating you over the head with any Walking Dead lore, which is kind of nice. It's like almost like generic zombie game with Walking Dead brand on it. Um, but it has the um, the trademarked hopelessness and despair and meeting other humans mm. part. And the enemies so far are just walkers. We're not talking about super science zombies or anything like that. They're just other humans and walkers. Right. But um, atmosphere-wise, it's pretty good. And I, just, I really appreciate the stabbing mechanics. <laughs> Honestly, I was like... Pretty good stabbing mechanics, like uh, you know, like Blade and Sorcery overall, probably more moddable and a little more fun in that regard. Mm-hmm. But this, it definitely, yeah, if you feel a bit more um, heft and weight to stabbing, the training zone's kind of fun too because it's zombies, but with their they have bags over their heads and their arms are cut off, so they're just flailing around. You got to practice stabbing them in the head. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's mm. just disturbing, and they're they're like in tires, right? So we've put tires around them so they can't walk anywhere and they have no bitey parts interesting um, yeah that's apart from the other two games which i played a lot of this was the other experience i yeah, got i'm i'm curious about this one more now after hearing your description because yeah. i didn't I bought realize. a bunch of vr i just didn't get them all booted up yet uh i got super hot and uh um, i love super hot i don't super know oh, i do have i love super so hot good. So yeah, i got super hot vr and i picked up oh i did have an experience with doom vfr yeah how's that this is on sale for five bucks. It's just not worth talking about because I couldn't get the, con- it's quest one. It's like pretty old control schema and I couldn't use any of the updated things to turn. It literally wants you to be standing up turning. There's oh. no turn. There's not even a, a, there's not even a rotate option, like rotate 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. Like you literally, the only way to turn is to, to actually stand in the direction. I'm like, oh, and they have some steam control binds, but it involves, um, you know, pushing tilde and putting the instructions in, which I did, and they didn't work. So um, 
I'm still sort of figuring out if this is even playable. And it's Doom but 2016 and modded? It's the or 2016. It? Okay. It's, it's the actual intended for Doom VR experience. Oh, okay. Uh, I, so far in the opening, I did get chased by one of those pink beasts, and it's awesome. Ugh. If anything, my thirst for 3D Doom is even higher, which is more frustrating that I couldn't even get the control scheme. I've had so much bad luck. I tried to get Doom 3 in VR, and that failed. Now Doom VFR doesn't work. And um, there's actually a way to get Doom Eternal to run, but I'm using this thing called Helix Vision. Mm. But my graphics card's too new, and the old rolled-back NVIDIA drivers aren't compatible with the damn video card I have. So I couldn't get that working. And I was like, oh, come come on. Someone working at id Software, like, let's go. Doom Eternal VR native free update right in the Doom Eternal app. Just give me stereoscopic vision. Don't need any hand controls. Although that'd be great if you did it. I just, I just live with stereoscopic vision. That's just click on, mm-hmm. um, you know, no man's sky can do this. Yeah. They which can do I it. also, tr- I also played some no man's sky in VR. Um, beautiful. Not that much fun to play in VR. Yeah. Um, Oh, is this guy has he figured out he's, he's strafing. In the, he's he can't in the, turn. He's in the tutorial, so I assume he's just learning. I don't. I don't see him. Nobody's strafing. He's not turning. Like, turning is. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I just want to say to VR developers, like, just make the the thumbsticks like traditional thumbsticks. Like, let me turn with right. Let me move around. Let me sit down. VR. I, th- I think we're just when we think about VR, we're thinking about tech demos. Like, wow, you're standing up. It's like you're really there. Yeah. The actual use case for a lot of games is going to be the same as flat screen. I'm sitting down playing video games. Like, make it easy for me to sit down. I don't need the experience to be realistic, right? Like, um, uh, I don't have to jump. I don't have to bounce my legs when I press A on the controller in Mario to jump. So let you know it's okay if my belt are up near my boobs and I have to reach all the way down to my actual belt to get my shotgun shells. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know stuff like that. Like just like we can video game convention some of these things, and it's still like an amazing VR experience. Yeah. And I think Alex has been the closest to to nailing a lot of that. I want Proteus. Can they do Proteus in VR? Let's get that done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think they're hopefully it can't come soon enough that all games just like have a switch. Here's your stereo, Scott. You've got an RTX 3060 or 3070. Just here's VR. <laughs> like, just turn the VR on if you want it. And shut up. Yeah, Bo. Or play flat screen and everyone's happy. Like, I, I don't, I don't need the full immersion experience, but 3D still cool. 3D is cool. I agree. Yeah. Like 3D space is is, is neat. It makes it's more visceral. It gets your heart pumping when demons are flying at you. Um, Yeah. I will say on the No Man's Sky front, it is neat, but it's a little too convoluted. And like, you have to remember the base game doesn't do things exceptional, like dogfighting. Just play Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah. You know, um, survival games. I just. I don't know. It's just not. I don't know. It's, it's no Man's Sky is a fun flat screen game. I don't think it pop. It pops and looks cool, but I just I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. It's hard to explain why. But I wasn't. I, really I think the it. game itself is more fiddly than VR. 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 VR needs to have. Well, you just said it about the other game. Like some gameplay stuff, you need to make VR friendly to make it better. And I don't. Yeah. Think- like. Yeah. I, I think. Um. I just think it wasn't. There wasn't. Uh, I think survival games in general are not that interesting in VR. I could be mistaken, but I feel like that's like, there's definitely games you don't play. I, I wouldn't imagine are very good in VR. Like 
a sieve. I don't want to play in VR. I want to play it on the flat screen with the menus and the buttons and all the, the UI is really important to that mm-hmm. experience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but what if it was a giant map and you were dragging it forward and grabbing your little units and putting them around on the board? You don't have to be like it's neat. I like Demio, but like just the I I don't you know how spreadsheety or how much I don't know you know what I mean like clicking through all the menus and being lost in menus seems like it's more visually organizable on a flat on flat screen. I guess I I, I agree. I agree. I I could be wrong. I'm leaving room to be mistaken. I just, I just don't know that every experience is improved by VR for sure. Sure. And I think, I think I've done, cause I played a bit of a leap dangerous too. I I don't know. My rationale is space, like the 3d jumps out at a certain range close to you. And if it's far away, just like in real life, it just looks like space. Yeah. Like it, it just looks like a bunch of flat and like, yeah, the planet looks a little out, but it's not awe-inspiring, you know? I'm like, but, you know, when um, when you're talking to that uh, guy, whatever his name is in in Half-Life Alex, and he's reacting to you and he's right in front of you, you're like, whoa, this is... Yeah. Like, That's- if we just make that AI jump, I could be... Ta- like, I don't know, it's just really cool and inspiring when people, when things are within your close range in VR, but I find far away, you know... Um, it's not as exciting, I guess. I get you. Well, Anyways, but I like Walking Dead. It was good. There Recommend. you go. Walking Dead, everybody. Keep walking. Oh, look at this. Here's the rest of the notable news for today. Uh, there's a rumor a new Deus Ex game is in development. I would be very happy about this if it turns out to be true. Uh, they're no longer under the the tyrannical thumb of square Enix, perhaps they can do whatever they want now. I don't know, but they're making it early development. If it's happening in Montreal, Idos of Montreal, Bo, are you excited? Are you going to get your, uh, your, Uh, yeah, please. This is what I've been saying this forever. Like, please let Idos make Deus Ex. It's my favorite thing they do. So, you know, if they're happy doing it, I'm happy to see them doing it. Would it still be Adam Jensen? Do you think, or a different story? I think we have a story to finish. Let's get Adam Jensen three. Okay. Please. I'm all in. I'm I'm this close. Once I finished Red Dead, I think I'm going to play through that again because I love that I game. I mean, I'll, I'll never get sick of listening to El, uh, Elias Tufexis. Oh, I never so asked for that. Like his voice is Adam so Jensen. Good. Like, it's so good. I know the classic is a classic in, in a way, like the follow-ups are kind of in the shadow of it, but they're pretty damn good games, you know? Mm-hmm. I still think about doing another playthrough of the human revolution and mankind divided and a third game would give me a perfect excuse to go through them all again. Some of my favorite games. Mankind divided is the second one, right? Yeah. I always get them mixed up. The names are terrible. Then they're, they pretty, they're pretty like uh, uninspiring or, you know, they don't really strike the imagine. They're not memorable. Yeah. <laughs> human re- and as a result, yeah. they just make me forget which one's which. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to start that again. People are like, that's the first game. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't mean that yeah. one. I mean the second one. I usually just remember by saying division is yeah. like structurally, it makes sense for things to be together than fall apart. So division would be two. And that's before good. anyone out there goes, oh, aren't they old? That game came out the same year as No Man's Sky, which everyone plays like it's current. So, you know, 2016 is not that long ago. I'll play that game again. It's uh, how many cyberpunk RPGs do you get? (laughs) I know, right? There need to be more. What what other like AAA level quality uh, cyberpunk RPGs are there? Like I'll play them instead if they were around. What was that one that EA made? It was based on the old isometric 90s game called... 
They made they basically made it a shooter, but it was pretty Syndicate. good. Syndicate. Syndicate, dude, I loved that newer Syndicate game, and then they quit making them. That's something I never played. Actually, I should it's give really that good. Tomorrow. Really good. Um, just before we go on other news and notes, yeah. we skipped two sections. Just to FYI, oh, I, I did. Yeah, restructure. Oh we could shit, use both those sections. To be honest, yeah. Sorry, this is all. It's all <laughs> well, let's finish this one now that we've done. Yeah, it. I'll, I'll yeah, rip we through. We started it. it. We'll just move. Yeah, on. we'll restart it. We'll finish it. Uh, the, uh, Hearthstone. They're adding Death Knights. They got a new expansion. Uh, they're doing yeah. a thing. Great. So. Uh, you know, I added this, and then I'm like, uh, you know, well, great. that's why it's a small story. We saved it for later. It's fine. But if you're yeah, into Hearthstone, you you know what you want. You know what's up. It seems exciting. Yeah, yeah. cool. Also, uh, reviews for God of War Ragnarok are uh, maybe expectantly very, very good. We're currently sitting at a Metacritic score of 94 uh, out of 100 average. Lots of 100s on here. Yeah, it seems like a real serious monster hit. Seems like it might be time to rob my parents. (laughs) Yep. That's what I'm thinking. It might be time for a little theft. Things like, listen to this quote from Game Rant, it doesn't just live up to high expectations, but it subverts them and expands uh, beyond them all at the same time. There is something quite, or sorry, there's nothing quite like it on PS4 or on PS5 yet, and it would be hard for anything to live up to the same heights. Ragnarok may not make full use of the PS5's features, because, you know, they're cross-generation on this one. They have to. Uh, as there's nothing uh, necessarily groundbreaking that couldn't be done on the PS4, but it's absolute proof of vision, artistry, and creative direction far outweighing the hardware it's playing on. Uh, that was that good. Like, oh, it's yeah, great. I look at it it's and I'm really like, good. it's so good. I'm like, it can't be that good, right? No, it's, it's like good. Overwhelmingly positive, nothing but praise. And I'm like, mm. amazing game, Bo. You should play it. Yeah. It's I know. Really, it's really it's wish listed. I keep, I keep looking at it's it. It's real good. I remember, I think it was uh, just the funniest story to me is that for the longest time, I, you know, we we talk about it, Scott, you and I, and we talk about it before there will be dungeons. And I feel like Kyle very early on was like, nope, God of War is God of War 1, 2, and 3. I don't want Kratos dead. I don't want him moody. I just want him, I want him angry and destroying things. Yeah. And then recently I found out Kyle played it. Yep. And I was really excited. <laughs> But I listened to him talk about it finally, and he's like, why didn't anybody tell me about this game? And I was like, dude, we <laughs> we did. We tried to tell you, man. Yeah. We tried to tell you how good it was. And he's like, it's so good. But that would be my my comment to you, Bo, is, is keep in mind, uh, Kyle, very skeptical about if this game could even possibly be good, and uh, he, he loves it. Yeah, so, he really yeah. likes it. Uh, Different reasons. The story element is not a turnoff. I'm not a big fan of open world third person action games or even it's third not, person. It's not really this, open world. The open world is negligible. I agree. It, okay. It's kind of there if you want to engage with it, but it is presented in a way where it still feels kind of linear. Yeah. And then at a couple points, you'll find yourself on a boat and you'll be like, oh, I could go somewhere else if I wanted to. But if I don't, there's where I'm going. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean like, it, it looks it looks dope. You know, it is dope. And I, and I think. Maybe it, when it was a PlayStation exclusive, it was easy to ignore, but it's, I wish listed it every time I opened Steam. It's like, Steam recommends God of War. And I'm like, eh, yeah. yeah, it's really that good. And part of the reason it's great in my mind, I know no one else thinks of it this way, but I just, I love a story in video games where they take something old and just reinvent it in a way that completely blows my mind. Because no, prior I got, but to I got, this, the thing is, I got 50 games like that. Ziggurat's in there right now reminding me that he bought me Death Stranding. 
in the chat room. Oh, right. He's yeah. like, Death Stranding's the same way. I was like, why did you tell me about this sooner? Yeah. And I got Sekiro, and apparently, you know, uh, was it 704 who gifted that to me? And he's like, that's a great game. You'd really like it if you liked Elden Ring. And I'm like... And now someone's going to gift you God of War, and you'll and you'll play it eventually. That's how it go. You know, I want to. I promise. I haven't streamed a bit, but anyone who watches or follows there, I'm going to do like a tapas um, spread of tapas, like tapas. All the games that people have bought me, which is like almost literally. You can do that on Twitch. (laughs) It's almost. It's almost in the double digits. Yes, subscription to. There's a whole cadre of games. Yeah. That people have bought me. I'm just going to be like 20 minutes. I'm going to set a clock and just try all the games for 20 minutes at least. You should do it. You should. Because Sekiro, Sekiro, well, here's your reminder. That's from Sekiro. You can't, only ninjas die twice or whatever it is. You got to do that. I'm told, you know, the the games I'm missing out on, inscriptions, another one. And then I'm over here dinking around and walking dead in VR. <laughs> tap and that ass, man. Tap that ass. You guys don't, you never heard of tap ass? No, we call it tapas I, here. Yeah, I've, I've heard of tapas. 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 I always hear tapas. You, know, you guys like, want tapas? Oh, sweet. Let's go to the place yeah. that does. So my problem is, is where I got the pronunciation from was probably where I first heard it, which was the <laughs> IT crowd. Yeah. And it might be Maurice Moss mispronouncing it. That might be part of the joke. And I, because I didn't know it beforehand. <laughs> It's tapas or tapas or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or it might just be British British pronunciation of tapas. Well, I don't, I'm sure I don't say poutine, right? It's poutine or something, right? Poutine. Yeah, we all say poutine Poutine. down here. Yeah, poutine is not, it's poutine. Yeah, what's wrong with us? You guys say, like, it's weird because you guys have um, people with French last names. Mm -hmm. Like, you have, like, LaCroix. Yeah. Right, and it's yeah. like it's yeah. quoi. Like we're saying it's so wrong, but how could you say it any other way if all you speak is English? Like I get yeah. it, but like, yeah. yeah. So poutine is French word. You just gotta say it with the right. Also, uh, if you drink Lacroix, Vladimir Putin. If you- <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think every time he says yeah. it. I was like, Vladimir yeah. Putin. Uh, if you if you drink Lacroix, the drink, you're a psycho and it's gross. It's very bad. Don't drink Lacroix. Okay. We had a what? rat that lived behind a fountain in my what? front yard, at my parents' house, and I named him Lacroix, and I don't know why, but that's the name I picked for him. Have you ever heard uh, Steven Seagal say Vladimir Putin because he loves him and stuff, wants to hump his leg all the time, and this is what he this is how he says it. Vladimir Putin. What a what an ass. I don't like when people throw the accent in if they're not from the place. I think that that's yeah, but he wants to pump that dude constantly. I know why. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I think that, I don't think that's good. Did people find that endearing? Like, I don't. I don't know if I. It's hard with the with our accent because our accent's dumb anyway. But like, if somebody was trying to say, like, I'm trying to think of something that's like distinctly American. But if if somebody like cheese crisp, if some if a British person was like. <laughs> Oh, yes, uh, you were over there with your cheese, Chris. I'd be like, he didn't do me any favors. Like, yeah. that sounds really offensive. It's how, it's how Randy uh, says, mach- uh, he says yeah, machete instead of machete. It's the same principle. Don't lean into it. Yeah. Just own where you're from. Yeah. yeah. Own where you're from. That's right. Own where you're from. Say it dumb, where you're from. Yeah. Yeah. You know that LaCroix is, or LaCroix is the cross. 
Oh, well, that is my cross to bear. That drink sucks. That's, it's gross. That drink is literally called the cross. Yeah. So if you had a drink and someone called it the cross, like you'd probably hesitate. Yeah. You're like, it is my LaCroix to bear is what I will say. Is this the blood of Christ? It's, Do I like blood? <laughs> Do I want to drink it? <laughs> well, the, it compels me. So uh, there you yeah. go. All right. Uh, let's move on now to, we, 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 as, as you mentioned, we mix these up a little bit. We're doing Dear Martha now. Okay. Dear Martha time. Yes, that's right. John's uh, put together a little magazine review from something of your and uh, we're going to do it right now. Uh, John, any setup for this? Anything special you want to do? No, here? there's two images. They're already in Discord. You might yep. have to scroll up for them. Yeah, I saw those. Those look great. Um, I own this magazine. I own this very issue. Um, I, I should have brought it in here when I knew you were posting this, but I didn't. I have it, though. Anyway, uh, let's uh, get started now with this edition of Dear Martha. My dearest Martha, I write to you today with yet another infamous video game magazine. Next Generation Magazine, issue 26 from February 1997. This issue is the often memed on Unreal, yes, this is an actual PC game screenshot issue, and the memes are earned. While I am back in time, I do wish I could have my mind go back to a place where their cover could be as mind-blowing as they think it is. As it stands, I can't imagine ever thinking this was mind-blowing but I'm sure I did. The magazine really doubles down on this, though. They refer to it multiple times as the best-looking game ever. And I remember thinking it looked great, but now it all just seems a little silly. The magazine, though, is a real text-heavy one. Next Generation was not messing around. They wanted to test your literacy at every turn. Pictures? That's for the front cover. If you move beyond your mortal desire for pretty pictures, though, this magazine is kind of great. We are right at the cusp of all the big players coming into their full powers. PC gaming is getting into some massive 3D graphic improvements. The war between Sony and Nintendo is going full tilt, while Sega watches from the closet dreaming of something new. But I think what I loved above all was their video games fact or fiction article. A wonderful light on the weird rumors and stories that exist in this hobby. How many of these have you heard? Nolan Bushnell stole Pong. I have heard Alexei Pajitnov and others sold the game Tetris rights to multiple Western interests. There is a landfill full of E.T. Atari cartridges. It's true. Sony helped design the NES, Word. Super NES, and Nintendo 64. Mm. Mario is based on an actual New York landlord. You can see Orchid naked in Killer Instinct. <laughs> Nintendo and Sony almost made the PlayStation together. Yep. The U.S. Marine Corps used a Doom Wad to help train soldiers. Yep, they did. In Japan, there is official porn of many video game characters. <laughs> what? <laughs> many of these are based in reality, if not totally true. What a weird-ass place we play in. Advertisements were not as bad this go-round, but I have to appreciate the subtle shade-slash-gatekeeping that Fallout decides to throw out there with its tagline... If you play only one real RPG this year, it will have to be Fallout. The underline of the word real is not subtle, but you know what we call everything RPGs these days, so I guess it's a fair line to draw. 
The future is here, Martha. It's the video game Unreal. Graphics so good, they'll cover their magazine in it and become a meme for all time. But you know what? They were also kind of right. <laughs> because Unreal is still pushing graphics. Long after magazines are dead and gone. Oh, man. Yours in time, S. Beckett 97. <laughs> I really like that one. That was really great. I feel like you really covered it, and I love the ending. This could be a book one day, everybody. Subs- subscribe. <laughs> how uh, many of those? Uh, how many of those myths had you heard? Almost all of them. Uh, the only one I yeah. didn't know was um, the N64 one. Uh, the uh, Sony had a hand in that, or whatever it was. So yeah. So the rumor is that they helped design. The reality of it is that there are Sony chips in the NES, the Super NES, and the N64. Ah, uh, okay. Well, that would make sense. That's like how there's um, Samsung RAM and Sony cameras in every iPhone you buy, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Always yeah, a little bit weird. Canadian just... Nintendo 64s have ketchup chips. Oh, that sounds so good right now. It's my favorite thing you guys do up there. Ketchup chips. <clears throat> yeah, they are good. They're so yeah, good. They're tasty. Well, great ketchup work. Doritos. <laughs> great work as always. It's time for this. That's a good question. Emails. That's right. We got some emails to read. I got one here from, uh, let's see. This is from Adam C. He sent it to talk to the core at gmail.com. He says, core bros. Oh, I don't know if I like that or not. It's, it's okay, I guess. Core bros. Core bros. How do you feel about that? should be core hounds, right? As yeah, long as hounds. We're not all bros, of our yeah. last names are Mario. Oh, yeah, that's true. Scott, Mario, John, Mario, and Bo Mario. Yeah, we're all the, we're the Mario brothers. Um, the three anyway. lost Mario brothers next to Mario, Mario, and Luigi Mario. <laughs> he says, uh, I've been keeping up with the core and play retro podcast for a long time now. One of my favorite segments is guess my game on play retro. So maybe I'm letting the pods bleed together a little with this one, but here it goes. Recently, Scott switched <laughs> up the little jingle he plays before the first main segment of core of the core show. I've been racking my brain trying to remember where I've heard it before. I know deep in my soul, I've played this game, but I can't dig up the source, uh, of that tune from my memory. Please rescue me from my torture and tell me what that sound is from, says Adam. So he's referring to, uh, just to freshen everyone's memory, this right here. Here's the problem. I don't know where I got it. Oh, no. He is going to be What's the so file name? Uh, it is called... Oh, good question, but I'm glad you asked. Can't you Let's sing see. it into Shazam? It is called... It's called Big News of the Week, which is where I have it. Um, Someone out there will know. It's an old song, or it's an old game. Oh, you know what? Um, It just hit me. Uh, Oh! Chat says Choplifter. It's not Choplifter. That's the in-joke on... They think everything I play is from Choplifter as a joke, so when we do Guess Our Game, they're all... They they yell Choplifter in the chat. They're all being idiots. Oh, okay. I should be a part of the meme culture of whatever. You can't know them all, but uh, I don't remember. It's some retro game. It's old. It's like you finished a level in something... It's a platformer. I don't freaking remember. Is it Mario? No, it's not Mario. I don't know. I don't know. Scott, uh, Adam like- literally came to my stream chat yesterday asking me if I knew, and I told him to write in, and I guess this is the result of that. Yeah, and but I will. I saw him. I saw him in chat at the beginning, hoping that his email got read. Yeah. 
Well, I, I can tell I, you this one. This one, this one right here that I used just a minute ago. It's a little long, but that one, it's only six seconds, but that one is um, Galaga 88 is where that's from. So I know that because I just captured it. But the this uh, this thing, I don't remember. Was it a golf game? No. <laughs> no. What about the game you did art for? No, it's Sorry, definitely not Lock and it. Chase. No, not that. It's something like... Uh, how old? What generation are we talking about? Here? This may have. This was either NES or 16-bit, but it definitely wasn't Genesis. It was either probably NES, actually. Yeah, that's Genesis. Or sorry, that's NES sounding to me. So I think that's where I got it. I just don't, I don't remember. And it, in my head, it's, it was a jaunty platformer of some sort that wasn't Mario and wasn't Zelda or anything. Was it a Mickey Mouse one? Mm, one of the ones with Mickey in it? Maybe. I like. Castle like of Illusion was really castle, good. Yeah, Castle of Illusion. Uh, frick. So now I know what Adam needs to do. He needs to play, get an emulator and play every NES game ever made. There you Just go. the platformers. It. That's it. Well, Just hold on. Does Shazam, the website, let me... I wonder if I can make that work. Hold on. Shazam. Yeah, Shazam might tell you. Okay, so or I'm going to... Upload it to YouTube, see if you get takedown notice. Oh, <laughs> <I guess laughs> yeah. Shoot. I don't freaking so you know. You get a take takedown notice from people are saying Google does it. Does, does Google, Google do, do it, it with sounds? How? Google sounds. Yes, I don't know. Hold on, let's do Google sounds. <laughs> Just yell into Google. Google. <laughs> <laughs> what is well, Scott, this? Scott Room suggesting play it five times in a row. Maybe it will. Really? Okay. Well, we've done it at least four. I'll do it one more here. I don't know what it is. And I also think they are talking about Google's voice assistant the same way you do an echo, which you have to play it out loud to one of those things. And I don't have the ability to do that here at the moment. Wait a second. What about, let's put Siri to use. How do you activate Siri? You just hit a, hit <laughs> Siri, a hello. Watch a bunch of old people try and figure out technology. <laughs> How does Siri work? Siri, what are you doing? Well, I've disabled Siri. <laughs> how, do you, how do you work? I forget how I turned that back on. Uh, let's see. Yeah, stop making fun of me. I'm looking here. I'm not old. <laughs> okay, so I can let's see. Oh, you know what? I can do this over speaker here. Okay, here we go. Um, oh, we don't have the file here. Okay, hold on. This is taking me just a second. Everybody calm the F down. We're going to make this work. This is kind of fun, actually, to see what the deal is. Okay, here we go. I'm going to play this People over. People are... Uh, is Excite Bike a guessing meme as well? Am I falling for it multiple times? Is um, this a Choplifter? Because I could see that being Excite Bike. It could be Excite Bike. Definitely not Choplifter. Um, okay, here it is. Okay. All right, I'm going to play this for. Okay, here we go. Siri, what is this song? Okay, I probably shouldn't have said song, but okay. Okay, it's doing it. It's doing the recognition. It's trying. It's making the effort. It's blinking. Shazam is trying as well. What if it comes back choplifter? Oh, I just had the worst experience. I was about to sneeze and then the sneeze went away. Oh, oh no, Bo. Are you all right? 
You know, and it's like it's like it's about to come out, and then it doesn't come out, and you're like, oh. <laughs> so that's how it ends. All right, Shazam didn't. Shazam says it can't recognize it because it's just a little blip from a video game, not a song they can find. I think we're screwed. We don't know. We'll figure it out between now and next week. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're all sick of hearing it. Um, All right. Uh, This next email is just a nice one, and I wanted to mention it because I think this dude is cool. His name is Nicodem. Nicodem. And Nick Odom says, hey, Scott, I'm a longtime fan of the show and your other work. Extra Life Radio is the first podcast I ever listened to. Oh, my Lord. That was a long time ago. 2004, baby. Um, A lot of people's firsts. That's true. I made this uh, little dog walking sim. It's a simple and nonviolent 2D indie game. Nice. It sounds like uh, it deserves one of these right here. Where is it? Right here. Work harder. It sounds like a a chore core. Anyway. It says works on a Steam Deck, and I'm sure someone will say it looks like it was made in a day. I think he's talking to you, Bo. Um, I often listen to your podcast while driving with the dog or just in the yard playing fetch, so I thought it would be fun to send you guys some keys. So he sent us three Steam keys. Anyway, keep up the good work, Nick Odom. Dude, that was awesome of you. Thank you. I'm gonna try your game out. And uh Oh, these are these are keys for Yes, for for this game. Where oh, you I thought this, oh wow, we go. Okay. I know we got love this week. Shower love this week. Lots of keys. Yeah, this one the guy made the game. We also got Dark Tide keys from Hans Sujensen, who I know I'm saying his name wrong, but dude, that was so nice of you. We're all going to play the hell out of this game, and so the fact that you did that was incredible, incredibly kind. Thank you for that. That's really nice. Yeah, no, downloading right now. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you everybody who does that sort of stuff. Game on Steam. My God, it's really nice. I know. I know we know people who make games. Isn't that cool? Shocking. Yep. I don't believe it. And you know what Keep the you know what the keys and I'll eventually believe. Here's the core <laughs> Here's the <laughs> the core game. If we were to make a game around core, it would be the whole point of the game is to find out where that came from. That would be the yep, game. It's just solving that. We have homework. We have to play this game though. Like very rarely does someone who's like I made the game. I know. Please play it like yeah. Yeah, we'll and I like it. it. It's a nonviolent game. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm already intrigued. Me too. So we'll install that and check it out. All right. Finally, a couple of texts. These are quick from some people. Uh, we got one here from Baylel in the chat. He says, in a recent interview, Phil Spencer said that Game Pass subscriptions will likely increase in price sometime next year. If so, how much are you willing to pay for Ultimate? Uh, I would pay as much as. I think they can't get away with anything more than nineteen ninety nine. Right now it's fourteen ninety nine. I don't think they can go more than twenty. I think that's probably true. I actually don't think it's gonna go up, or if it does, it's gonna go up barely any. Because what Phil Spencer said was that we are locked price on many things, including game, console, and subscription, and I don't think that it can stay that way. My guess, if I had to put a prediction down, you Sony's already charging more for new games. Right. You match Sony, so you look good because you were the last one to do it. Yeah. Create parity. But if you increase the cost of games, you actually are increasing the value of Game Pass at the same time. Because as soon as you say, like, oh, hey, yeah, games are more expensive now, doesn't this subscription that keeps you from having to pay that increased price look really good to you? I bet it does. Like that's a natural increase to game pass. So even if game pass went up a little bit with it, like increasing the cost of games to, to match everybody else, 
I think is a positive for, for Microsoft. I think they come away looking really good with it. I agree. So and I, I hadn't thought about how prediction. Yeah. And I forgot and console, about how big that was. Go up in price yeah. Cause consoles, I think that writing's on the wall. Uh, but I don't, you're right. I think you're right. It doesn't mean anything about subscriptions. Anyway, we'll see. We got one more here from Becca smiles who says, hi, core friends on the last episode, Bo talked about the changing, sorry, about changing his name to rainbow. His last name is German Schwartz. It equals black. And I think rainbow black sounds like a really cool name. Love the show, Becca. Yeah. No, my name is handsome black. Oh, handsome. We talked black. about this on the show. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Cause Bo is right. French. Name for rainbow handsome. black does sound cool. Rainbow black is cool. Rainbow. Yeah. It's the sequel to orphan black. Yeah, dude. But, yeah. yeah, Rainbow Black. There's a lot of cool remixes. Rainbow Black, Handsome Black. They all work. Would you feel if your name changed to Rainbow and it was mandated by the government or something, and that you had to be Rainbow Black, like the whole name had to change to Rainbow Black? Would you feel compelled, like you had to at least like go to at least one gay bar and experiment a little? You know what I mean? I've been to a gay bar. <laughs> Why? Because be just the, the rainbow part. The rainbow part would make you Wait, feel like, you know what? I want to be a part of this Let, world. I want to experience some I, of this. I, need, I, I have to ask a clarifying question. Yeah. Is the key the gay bar or is the key homosexual experimentation? Uh, I've been to a gay bar. I have too. As a, as a straight man. I did too. I've but, done that once. Yeah. With a friend. Yeah. We were we were there for, I can't even remember why, but we were not there for any of the... Uh, you know, we did not dabble in the um, in the in the yeah. arts of the of the male on male. However, um, they were th- that's I've been to a bunch of bars in my life. I don't drink, so my time in there is always a sober time. Right. And every single of all the bars I've ever been to, that gay bar, the nicest people I ever talked to in my life in that bar. Yeah, sure, sure. They were so nice, um, dude. It made everybody else yeah. seem dumb and lame. I haven't been very often. For me, it's theater, like. When I was a volunteer at the Fringe Fest here in Ottawa, you know, people, a lot of, as a little secret, I'll let you know a little secret, a lot of gay people in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like you end up in the gay out. bar. Someone in the chat, someone, someone in the chat says, are there gay bars in Utah? Yes, of course there are. There are gay bars. There are gay bars everywhere. everywhere. I haven't been to a gay bar, but we have a gay Denny's here. I'm sorry. Back that truck up. There's a gay yeah. Denny's and what makes it gay? gay Denny's. Is this just it's a Denny's that a lot of gay people frequent <laughs> enough so that it's known as gay Denny's. Wait, is I, that real? I yes, love that. it's real. Yes. I and it's it. great. It's it, honestly, okay. it's, I've been to a lot of Denny's. It's the only one I like. So it's a weird thing to make gay. Like I, I've got a gay call. Hey, sometimes <laughs> it is one in the morning and you need to go out to eat. You okay? need eggs. You need eggs. In the, yeah, at 1 it, it just yeah. happens, okay? Yep. Yeah, but like, what makes it gay? That a lot that it's a safe space for everybody to go and hang out and have Denny's. Like, it's I mean, great. That's, that's wholesome. That's a wholesome response. I was thinking like it has rainbows or something. Like, no, it's no, just, it's just a Denny's, a Denny's that a lot of gay people go to, and it's del- it's delicious. I love that. I that's love it. that. Nothing wrong with that. I think that's great. <laughs> I want I want more gay Denny's. I want one here. I'd go to a gay Denny's. <laughs> what do you? Okay, I don't want to. We don't need to decide, dissect this too much, but I'm just you, like because not everyone's like overtly gay. There could be a gay Denny's in Ottawa, but mm-hmm. I just don't know because nobody's 
signaling the usual, you know, stereotypical gay things and stuff. Right? Sure, so, yeah. No, uh, my guess is it's. Well, are you saying out. it's like very outwardly, like, so I'll have a hamburger? Oh, and have some so fries. those go in like, this direction. Uh, no, how is it, how is it like? How is it the gay Denny's? <laughs> like, just, I try to picture just, it. <laughs> it looks like a regular Denny's. You might. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. It's just like it's just a place. It's just a place, sure. and you're it, the percentage of chance of seeing a, a gay couple there. I guess is higher than other places. Is this like, Googleable? It's not Denny's. insanely flamboyant. Arizona, like, right? Yeah, Denny's, Arizona, yeah. Phoenix, where the sun uh, shines. Red for my central Phoenix people. Let's see Let's what see. this says. It's not. It's I'm just not a gay, place. but gay Denny's is a great place to people watch and meet all kinds of people. That's yeah. great. That's great. It's it's the Gay Denny's. It's just a place. It's on Seventh Street and Camelback is referred affectionately as Gay Denny's or Jenny's. Oh, they have one in San Diego as well. They call it Gay Denny's. It doesn't have to be like a flamboyantly gay place to be Gay Denny's. It's just a Denny's. It's just like, where the bunch call of gay it that because after the Melrose District gay bars close, which is nearby on Seventh Avenue, everyone heads there. Melrose is the gayborhood. <laughs> <laughs> so see i get it now okay the gay bars are in the area when the bars close down that's for you know here in canada you go to the you go to the chip stand and get a puts in right when you're drunk and it's 3 a.m yeah. you go for the puts in in arizona you go to gay denny's yeah you go to gay denny's <laughs> i love this that it's great it's whole it's just when you call it that to me i'm like is it because everyone's wearing sh- sh- men are wearing cut shorts to cut short how did it earn that name i need to know yeah. this is wholesome and great sure you know, so I'm, i agree yeah, i just i was curious That's yeah i like that it's not somebody else calling it that because they think a bunch of gay people are there not like, only men no, are gay, no, great. No, a bunch of women wearing flannel shirts too it's like oh this must be a gay place we got a lot of flannel <laughs> shirt with sleeves cut off and i only say that from personal experience i know gay women they 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 don't all wear flannel shirts. They wear shirts. jeans and flannel shirts. They don't all, but the ones I know do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's a stereotype. The point is, I'm joking about stereotypes, yeah. obviously. Yeah, My point in the time. beginning was, how do you know it's gay if gay people just look like you and me? Yeah. And the answer is, it's in the gay bar district. So we're all settled here. Yeah, we're all good. We're all good. I look forward to all of your emails and possibly getting canceled <laughs> by next episode. It'll That's right. That's right. What, what's the what's the grand slam is the same for me as it is for a gay dude all right at denny's yeah. we all get the gan, gland, grand anyway it's it's the, the place to go slam. the amount of times i played the session and went to gay denny's is uh is frequent it's so, me anyways back to answering my question yes uh i would probably prefer to go with handsome black because i just like that better but i would go with rainbow black handsome black is pretty good that sounds like a that sounds like a super villain they're cyberpunk like names it. both of those are cyberpunk names i love them yeah, but handsome black makes people uncomfortable and i kind of like that a bit more than i like rainbow black <laughs> it's like, i'm handsome black they're like what yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know it's, it's like it's not racist. i get it you want to be, pro- you wanna be more provocative i get yeah, it i get yeah, it can't wait to hear and on nice... that thing too i didn't answer the question with the game pass oh yeah 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 oh yeah, wait. Because I, how much would you pay if the price went up or whatever? And I was like, I don't pay anything, by the way. Because you're currently not paying for Game Pass. I haven't right been now. subbed for over a year now. Yeah. yeah, and I, I love Game Pass. I would really like it not to go up, but if it did, I would probably understand a five dollar increase. I, what I would hope actually is the more basic level, maybe that goes up, and they try to keep 
ultimate at, at uh, 15 would be nice, but I don't know if they're going <laughs> to be that. thinking about gay Denny's all night. Now. Oh yeah. dude. <laughs> I want to go to Denny's now. Now I'm hungry for Denny's. I want I'm Denny's telling too. you it was good. Like, look, it was a drive to get to gay Denny's, but that was the Denny's to go to. So yeah. that's that good quality Denny's. Good yeah, Denny's. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody there. I, I don't know if it's because of the clientele. I don't know if it's because it had a reputation. It was always very popular. Like it was, like it's just most Denny's you go to, it's like, okay, this is good for 1 a.m., but that was legitimately good. Like it made me want to go there. Huh. I well, kind of want to go there too. They tried. Just, it's the first thing in Arizona I've heard of that I'm like, I would like to fly and see this. You'd like to now. go to Arizona. Well, besides John, you'd like to see John. I, I mean, the problem well, besides is, John, is but I mean tourist mostly, attraction. Like I said, it's yeah. just like a it's just like a just like a Denny's. Yeah. Or Genny's. But, Jenny's. but you'll enjoy your food and you'll have a good time. Wait, like Genny's or Jenny's? Do they shorten it? Do we know? Because that, that leads into the gif jif argument. If you're calling it Genny's. No, it's a J. They spelled it with a J in the They did spell it with a J. Interesting. Yeah. That yeah. still supports GIF then. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> you're, you're like, we better keep calling it GIF. Yep. That's all I know. That's all I know for sure. I ain't doing this GIF business. All right. That's going to do it for uh, Scott those. Johnson writes in a magazine. <laughs> the gays are coming for our hard G's. That's right. Uh, I do want to, before we get out of here, I do want to thank you guys for your feedback. Your emails are great. Your texts are great. Talk to the court. Gmail.com is the email address. The number to send your text to is 801 471 0462. Uh, and we love them. So keep them coming, please. That'd be great. I'd like to mention some patrons we got this week. For some reason, we got a big influx in the last time we, uh, since we last talked. Nice. Which is great. Congratulations uh, pat- to you. Patreon.com slash core show is the place to go. And the new folks are Jack the Knife, Xavier Payne, Sean Chaplin, or Chapman rather, Bad Buddha, and Bill oh, like Edwardson. Bad new album. This whole crew sounds like super villains but also sean chapman yeah kind of <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah they he's do an they, x-man he's a new x-man he's like what is what's the lady's name for the uh suicide squad that's in charge of everybody uh harley quinn no no the, you're the, talking about amanda waller amanda waller is so funny yeah. to me because everybody else is called you know wacky names across the board but amanda waller runs the joint yeah. that's the I'm sean chapman saved your pain Dude, she's you know She's great. I'm Jack the Knife. So, so yeah. I'm Bad Buddha. <laughs> bad Buddha. Yeah, but what about Bill, Bill Edwardson? Bill Edwardson's pretty normal. Well, that's where you got to go, like the pirate Bill Ed- Edwardson. Oh. Like, you got to put Edwardson. a title yeah. on there. Pirate Captain Bill Edwardson, Bad Buddha, Xavier Payne, Jack the Knife, Sean Chapman. And then leader of the, the group, paid by the government, Sean Chapman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, if you want to be like them, you will get... No less than this. No commercials ever. You'll never have to hear an ad on this show. You'll get uh, pre-show content every single week, and we always have really great long pre-show con- uh, conversations. And tonight was no yeah. different. So except for Denny's, except You're for Denny's, get an ad for Denny's, whether you wanted it, or yeah, not. whether you like yeah. Denny's or not, Gay Denny's is here for you. Uh, monthly benefits that you can only find out if you go read what's over there. Patreon.com/slash/core/show for everything else. Frogpants.com/slash/core. All right. Uh, we have this old lady who likes to tell us what we played this week. So, oh, right. Yeah, That's it's her neat. turn to, to belly up to the bar and tell us, uh, hey, Grandma, what did we play on today's play or uh, core show? What we, whatever we watched, whatever we did. What did we All right. Some of you don't remember the games they talked about. That's okay. I don't remember a lot of things myself. 
But uh, they they all played sort of Overwatch 2 and Marvel Snap. That's two-thirds on one, and that's 100% on the other. <laughs> Scott also played Red Dead 2. That's Red Dead Redemption. That's a, that's a video game. He also played Despot's Game and Avoid Scrappers. That's the one that kept making him say the word scrap over and over again. So if you thought, wow, he's just saying scrap a lot, Void Scrappers. He played Hunt Down, which was the Genesis-looking doohickey that he played. John played a shitload of stuff, but not very, very long. But those games are Project Zomboid, Seven Days to Die, Signalis, Curse of the Dead Gods, Return of the Oberdin, and of course he's still playing Fortnite because they put Star Wars in it. Uh, <laughs> Bo played uh, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners in the virtual reality. Uh-huh. So if you want to play something in the virtual reality, that's what he played. Grandma, Grandma, can we go to Gay Denny's? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I want to go to Gay Denny's. Get in the car. We're going to Gay Denny's. I want a Gay Whopper. <laughs> <laughs> a Whopper? You got the wrong. That's Gay Burger King. Man, you got yeah, to go to Gay Burger King for that, man. <laughs> You gotta go to the Gay Burger King. I'm sorry, <laughs> you're parking up the wrong tree for that one. Oh, Gay Wendy's. We'll meet in the middle. Go, go to Gay Wendy's. Uh, all right, that's it. Thanks everybody for watching, for listening, for hanging out, for supporting us, for being a part of this, and all you live people, you're amazing too. Thank you all very much. Go play some video games. We'll be back next time with more right here on Core. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. I'll bruise your ego. Hi, and welcome back to Roman Paul's JRPG Corner. This week, we're delving into a personal favorite of mine that just came out on everything except the Nintendo Switch. Star Ocean The Divine Force is a continuation of a long-running series that traces its roots way back to the Super Famicom in 1996. This latest entry in the series is visually impressive, and its combat is better than ever. You can start the adventure as two different characters, like some of the previous entries in the series, and to get a full gist of the story, it's encouraged to play on both sides. The gameplay loop is focused on the story, but you could also have plenty of side quests and hidden character events that unlock as the story progresses. The combat is actually stellar with special arts that you can utilize, as well as important passive skills that can change the game really, depending on how you level them. The story has its strong points and weak points, but if you're a Star Ocean fan, it won't disappoint. So you'll start in the usual Star Ocean way of breaking down on an underdeveloped planet, and soon thereafter meeting some locals. The demo that's available uh, actually gives you a strong sense of where the story is going, and it does take some unexpected turns. The voice work is good. It could be better, but it's serviceable. My biggest complaint is the UI. The font size is tiny, and the interface is a little bit boring and uninspired. It feels like they spend a little bit too much time on the graphics and combat interface while ignoring stuff like UI. Overall, it's a great game, and I highly recommend it to any and all JRPG fans. Once again, that's Star Ocean The Divine Force, out for everything except for the Switch. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you core nerds next time. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.